I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back from vacation with a very special episode for you. Well, we're not back. We're taking. We are we're, we're here. visiting from vacation. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're having a little, little, little jump in hiatus or mm-hmm. a, a hiatus to our hiatus. I guess I don't know what we're doing, but we're here, and that's all that matters. And you can tell we're we're run we're shaking the rust off. Yes, it's yes. been a while since we've done this, but we, um, for those of you who don't know and aren't active on the uh, f- the Facebook group specifically, mm-hmm. um, we had a little. Uh, bracket because i love brackets i love little tournament style stuff where we did kind of movies that don't fit into any of the season ideas we're thinking of in the future kind of called them the in-betweener ones um yeah. where it's a bunch of different movies and we said which movie do you want us to do do you remember any of the other ones because we had this one we had batman was on there Well, batman's the other one we'll be doing because i like that movie and yeah. we decided to do it well and we can introduce our guest because maybe she remembers well let's yeah let's there. jump i mean we don't have to introduce she can just jump in wherever you want i know <laughs> that's very kind of you to sit there quietly but carly's back yay hi carly the the uh, a, a, an esteemed animator in her own right and the uh, artist behind our uh podcast logo are uh, uh, coming to us from the great white north <laughs> carly do you remember any of the other ones you voted in there prince of egypt yes because uh, prince of egypt was one i want to do yes easy one i remember is legends of the guardians because i was reading for that one and it yes. got knocked out first round I, <laughs> that was in there specifically for you i yep. th- uh, these are all movies that in a perfect world will do one day but they don't really fit in yeah, yeah. and they're all ones that folks are really connected to yes you know yes. not the, the a- 1970s everyone- hobbit Yes, I feel like not every person has seen all of them, but the ones you have seen are the ones that people were rooting for, which was kind of fun. The, the most important one, of course, the uh, Scooby-Doo and oh, yes. WrestleMania oh, mystery, <laughs> co-starring John Cena, with one of mm-hmm. the best movie, not cartoon, movie scenes I've ever seen where John Cena comes flying in out of nowhere and stops a boulder from rolling over everyone with his bare hands while his, <laughs> his entrance music plays. It's the funniest thing. Uh, anyway. Um, but this today we are doing 1999's yes the Iron Giant a classic now I have not seen it I thought you have seen no. it no oh I thought you told me you've seen this one no I haven't seen it I I know <laughs> about it. I've listened to a podcast about it I've like I it I know how it ends I know everything oh okay I just have okay. never seen it start to finish Got so it. like yeah all the re- that's why I did so I have not seen it Tara has not seen it so we brought in an expert who has seen it yes yep. And it, but it's been a while since I have seen it. <laughs> yes, but this is one. Well, I want to hear your perception. Now. What do you know about the Iron Giant? I don't know anything about it. So all I looked up. So listeners, this is a new thing for me. I did no research. Yeah. So this is probably gonna be a subpar episode just, because it's all Ryan research. I just <laughs> I just looked up some stats. So literally, all I know is that it got a ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Very, very highly very rated. Critically yep. highly rated. Uh, box office I read was thirty one point three million on a seventy million budget. So it was a box office 
this bomb and we'll go into mm. that. Uh, and I know it was adapted from a sci-fi novel called The Iron Man in 1968 by Ted Hughes. It, and then he wrote a sequel in 1993 called The Iron Woman. It's very that's loosely it. based off that idea. Yeah, so that's all I know. Um, which is really not a lot. I remember I remember when it came out and it just it was also 1999 so it was like I think I was still seeing Disney animated you know we talked this is kind of the year where I skipped some stuff I didn't see Tarzan like it was you know like I was getting to that point where I was like cartoons are for kids <laughs> um and then it came out and it wasn't Disney so I think in my mind I was like okay I just won't see this yeah and I maybe when I start watching it maybe I'll be like oh I did maybe see that on TV or something but I have no like memory or connection I don't know that it, it shows on television like I feel like if it shows on television I would have seen it yeah like I didn't see it until I was in college oh, um, okay all I really knew of it growing up was I forget which VHS tape had it, but you know, like how you'd have like the trailers of movies beforehand mm -hmm. and there was one that had it and I watched that movie a bunch. So I saw the trailer many times and it just was enough that I thought I knew the movie really well. Was that, yeah. was that the trailer that was like this summer, get ready yes. for a new yes. form of heavy metal. And, it's and like then it's just him music. eating the, the cars and stuff. So this thing, this thing had a very strange history and we'll go into it here in a minute where WB Animation was like the second movie from WB Animation. What was the first? Qu uh, Quest for Camelot, the movie that we all love and remember. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it came out and they went, well, maybe we don't want to do animation, but they'd already been gone far enough with this. I'll tell you what, let's back up some more because one of the reasons I think we're doing this is this is the first movie directed by Brad Burt. Yep. And I think this is uh, going to be kind of, we'll dive into a lot more with Brad Bird and when we get to the Pixar season, because Brad Bird is the director of Incredibles 1 and 2. Oh, okay. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Has oh. a, also has a, you know, live action movie career with Mission Impossible 4, oh. uh, Tomorrowland. I don't know if Mission Impossible 4 will be something we watch on this podcast. Yeah. We'll definitely, Tomorrowland is definitely slated as a mini tale, mini -tale during, you know, his run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it came out. Uh, so again, I did all the research on this one. Yes. So here's the, once again, here's Ryan pretending to be Tara. <laughs> it came out in 1999. Oh, give me one second. Let me look up the uh, top three movies of that year. Mm -hmm. And Carly, when you saw it, did you enjoy it on your first watch through of it? Oh, yeah. Like, I think I'm kind of glad I watched it when I was older because it like as an adult, I feel like it might have been intense for kids. It was, yeah. Um, but it was still neat to watch. And I think my intro to it was like during animation school where we actually brought it up as samples for like exercises in class. Oh, very um, cool. It actually has a cameo in it for um, Ollie John. Oh, gosh. I just had Frank and Ollie are in it. Yep. Frank and Ollie. They're oh, the. They're cool. the uh, We'll go into why in a second, but yeah, yeah if they are the uh, engineers is what I've heard. I don't know the scene, but they're the, yeah. the train engineers. Oh, that's fun. Um, so yeah, they have voice worlds in it. Uh, so just real quick, 1999, top three movies, uh, going backwards, Toy Story 2, The Sixth Sense, and Star Wars Episode One. Now, we all remember The Sixth Sense being that movie that just exploded out of nowhere. Like yeah. Toy Story 2, of course, uh, Star Wars Episode One, of course. Six is a movie that no one knew about, and it went on to, you know, according to this, gross like six hundred, almost seven hundred million dollars. Yeah. 
it came out the same weekend as this. Uh, so that's, so that's one part of, the, of why it didn't do so yes, well. Yes, one of the, yep. the reasons it did oh. not do so well. I, that's this a bummer. Weekend, I feel like you was, can never, well, now it's different because everything is streaming and whatnot, yes. but I feel like in those times, it was like if you came out when something else did and you were up against it, yep. like you couldn't really control that, right? Well, to it, a certain degree. It's funny because I feel like they used to, I remember stuff about counter-programming and that being a big thing. Um, you know, cause around this time is when I'm starting to get on like the internet and look at a couple of years after this mostly and look at like movie, ain't it cool, which will come, will, will be part of the iron giant story, ain't it cool news, um, and things like that, learning about it. And they're talking about counter programming where it's like a big movie comes out and then they're like a funny little adult comedy comes for out the same weekend. the same weekend and it's yeah. like we're not going to make as much as this movie but we're here so when people because everybody goes to the theaters on friday and then if they can't get yeah. tickets if to they what they wanted in, to see then they see or if they you know don't want to watch a disney movie don't want to watch whatever and now it's like if you don't want to watch what's at the theaters guess what you don't go to the theater yeah well and also now too you buy your tickets in advance whereas it's right. like it used to be you went there you bought tickets you hoped it wasn't sold out like so you I, hope that showing wasn't sold out and then you still had to like find your seat it's very weird to think back yes in the before times before you could reserve <laughs> seats in now, the theater i remember this weekend very specifically because i saw a movie that in 1999 star wars no no what did this you see this very weekend i saw a movie that spoke very specifically to to uh, almost into college, Ryan, and that movie is Mystery Men, starring Ben Stiller. About never heard of it. It's oh, we'll watch it someday because it's about <laughs> really bad superheroes. Oh, okay. And it's yeah. like William H Macy is the shovel, the shoveler, oh, wow. and he has a shovel. <laughs> and Hank Azaria is the Blue Raja, and he can throw. Uh, silverware really well, but he doesn't want to actually hurt anybody, so he doesn't throw knives. He throws forks and spoons. <laughs> It's a very weird movie. It's yeah. extraordinarily <laughs> weird. Um, but anyway, so Brad Bird, um, there's a couple things like like uh, so I listened to a, a podcast specifically about this episode, um, about this this uh, uh, movie um, a podcast called Blank Check, which is a really good podcast if you're kind I think of a you've comedy plugged nerd. It before, yeah, yeah. So they did a whole thing on Brad Bird. Awesome. Um, so uh, Brad Bird as a child, his was his first, not maybe not was his first movie, but kind of a seminal movie for him is he sees the Jungle Book in theaters in 1967, okay. and then something clicks for him, and he's like, I want to be an animator. This is what That's I want to awesome. do. Goes to Walt Disney World, somehow gets back back uh, and meets Milk Call. So he goes to the park. He goes to the. He goes. Well, no, no. This is the the studio. So okay, because you said Walt Disney World. That's why I was like. Maybe sorry. Maybe not. No, the world, that's okay. But he's maybe it's land. But he's he's going in. He gets into the studio and they're like they're like, hey, Milt, here's this eleven year old kid, oh, and he's wow. like, I want to be an animator. <laughs> and Milt calls like, sure you do, kid. And pats him on the head. Two years later, <laughs> he returns with a fully animated film he's made. Wow. On his own. So now Aww. he's thirteen when he does this. So so he's four. Sorry. So he's about to turn fourteen. Okay. Because okay. It's a tortoise in the hair. He shows it to Milk Call, and Milk Call's like, all right, well, I'm going to start mentoring this kid. That's, so at 14, that's cool. the Walt Disney Animation gives him an internship. That's also wow. crazy because I feel like nowadays, like, you could never do that because yes. you'd never no. be able to even get on the studio lot, right? Like, with security and stuff. It is just very interesting. Well, I mean, maybe he knew somebody. Maybe, uh, but you know what I mean? I feel yes. like there's less of a chance of making that connection now than there was yeah. then. It's just an, very interesting. So this is the late 60s, early 70s. So as a teenager, a young teenager, he's mentored directly by the nine old men. That's so cool. Specifically Milk Call, specifically Frank and Ollie. So that's, and that's why Frank and Ollie are in this? Yes. They're also kind of weirdly in The Incredibles, but they're not. Uh, There's these two characters that are supposed to be Frank and Ollie. 
I think they're no, they are still voiced by. Is them. it their voice? Okay, okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, so he becomes this real like they kind of you know anoint him as like you're the next. You're the going to generation. the one to carry this over. Yeah. Now this also he he you know goes to um what's the, what's the school everybody went to is it Cal Calarts Cal Arts. so he goes to Cal Arts does all that comes back starts working he is an animator starts working specifically on the Fox and the Hound oh which is that weird like he you talk about his classmates his classmates are you know Tim Burton mm-hmm. Musker and Clements uh. Glenn, well, and it? Tim Burton worked on the Fox girl, and the Hound as well. The Lady Fox. Well, yeah, so they're all on this thing. They're all on that project. Okay? And the the story is Brad Bird goes into the head of the studio and says, this is not, this is a terrible movie. This is not <laughs> what the nine old men wanted. This is blah, yeah. blah, blah. He's like, this is not this. This is, you know, starts kind of yelling and they go, all right, you're fired. <gasps> And they, cool. and they just him. fired him on the spot? I don't know if it was on the spot. I think this was probably, he didn't just come in and this is the first time he's done it. Because I will say, w- listening to the Brad Bird uh, series on Blank Check, he's very auteurish. And he seems like a very nice guy and things, but he's, I he's if, everyone's like, he's very demanding to work for. But I wonder if he kind of has this chip on his shoulder because he was taken in by like the most brilliant people when he was a child. And then he feels like I will he's say, kind of entitled to, right? Well, and, I, but that's the thing is I don't feel in anything that he seems entitled. He doesn't seem entitled. He's just very like, this is the right answer and we're going to get there. Okay. And that's different than yeah than what I was thinking. Yes, he's. Oh, I mean, he's because because everyone likes working with him, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they're like, oh, you don't go work for Brad for an easy job. Like it's Got hard. It. You're making art. Yeah. He has a quote that he says apparently all the time that it's pain. It's temporary. Film is forever. Oh. So it's it. That's, so your quality of life is probably not going to yes. be super great. <laughs> well, I for think him. that's. I mean, I'm, I think that's <laughs> animation and stuff like that, and that's a creative endeavor. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's just very taxing and very like, yeah. this is what I expect. We're going in this. Well, um, I'm curious to to not, well, I am cutting you off. Sorry. I was going to say not <laughs> to cut you off, but uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. It's fine. Carly, since you're in that world, yeah, have you, obviously without like giving names, have you worked in that environment versus another environment? Like, is there... For you, like, what environment would you rather? Like, do you want someone who's, like, very demanding because it's going to be, like, he's trying to get the best out of you or he or she or they? Or do you want someone who, you know, is supporting, like, a work-life balance? Um, I kind of, like, I, I like both at different times because sometimes you do need, like, that break. Yeah. Um, and usually anytime, like, they're trying to push you, it's more because of, like, a crunch time and it's not to better something it's more just to try to get things done Mm -hmm. yeah um but i've had also times where like i was getting pushed to better myself like especially early animation training like there were people who would have their shots torn apart and others who got like less notes than others but it was because their expectations of certain animators was different because they're like no you will get better if you just keep taking this feedback Mm mm-hmm um, and I know Ryan, your industry well, is adjacent in some ways. Yeah, I was going to jump in and say, I mean, <laughs> yeah. to me, great art it, it is always made from some sort of hardship. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? But yeah, at the same it comes time, from it comes from a place of of lots of emotions. A lot of times, I've worked on quite a few projects where yeah. um, they were treated like this hardship is going to result in high art, and I'm like, no, this is this is garbage. Yeah, like this <laughs> like, hard this hardship I don't is work not going to result. Like, yeah, yeah. 
I, you know, for what what comes out of this is, you know, no, we're not doing this. So yeah, and I feel like there's many, like like you said, Carly. I knew it wouldn't be just like kind of an either or answer, but I was really curious to hear from yeah. you and Ryan. I mean, I know your industry mm-hmm. better just because <laughs> I'm married to you. So yes. I kind of knew your answer about it. A lot. Well, I kind of knew your answer, but yeah, I was curious. Um, so, so thank you, Carly. So he no. leaves uh, Disney and he starts kind of he does a few things. So Spielberg notices him and asks him to direct an episode of his show Amazing Stories which is an animated show uh, now, or it's not animated this episode is animated can I ask where in Spielberg's career he he is so Jaws is, has come out this is late this is late 80s so, so Jaws has definitely come out Jaws is 75 this is like E.T.-ish oh, past E.T. E.T. is like okay. 84 all right, anyway, so it's so, so he's he, like he, a well, name yeah, people know who Spielberg's he is. Spielberg's a big deal. Okay, good, so okay. he he's doing this show, Amazing Stories, which turned out to be an okay show. But he uh, this episode was very highly regarded. This animated episode called Amazing uh, Family Dog. If I showed you pictures from it, you might like kind of remember it because mm-hmm. like it became its own show for a while, and it became they showed um, this episode before Land Before Time, like oh, in theaters okay. and things okay. like that. So he did that. Then he writes. Batteries not included. Does anybody here remember batteries not included? No. Okay. Nope. So it was it was supposed to be an episode of Amazing Stories. Amazing Stories was like Twilight Zone if it wasn't supposed to be like weird or twisty. It was just kind of like happy and hopeful and interesting and that okay. sort of thing. Um, it was we you we might actually we we'll, we'll need to check out batteries not included because I think it, it's like an older folk retirement community and then these tiny little spaceships come. And they're and they're aliens, but they just look like little tiny spaceships, and it's like they're trying to protect them from the. Gu- it's been a long time I've seen batteries not included. Um, so yeah, he he started doing stuff, but he never really. It took him a while to get back in animation because he's you know had these big lofty ideas. His his big thing was animation isn't a genre; it's a medium. Like when you think animation, it's not like well that's a kid's thing. He's like no, yeah. animation can be whatever. Animation is a film. It's just I use drawings instead of people yeah it's a it's a it's an it's a medium it's not yeah which i feel like nowadays that is more understood and utilized than probably it was when he was saying it yeah so he's going around pitching this idea for there was an old kind of two-fisted comic book character called the spirit kind of like the shadow and he was pitching a pg-13 action movie that was animated and everyone's Mm -hmm. like no we don't do pg-13 Animated, animated stuff. movies. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. To he does think about t- now. He does TV. He he does. He's do, like he's literally going around just doing like animation jobs. Everyone's like, oh, it's you know easy stuff. He does he does the Rugrats. Uh, oh, okay. Pilot. He does a lot of stuff I on the Simpsons. The writing, directing, and animating on the mm-hmm. Simpsons. He uh, directed the Bartman video, which I think is an important thing to uh, bring up. It's a very important <laughs> moment in our pop culture history if you guys remember how to do the bartman does anybody here remember how to do the bartman <laughs> i don't actually but i do remember the video the bartman okay yeah so war so ted turner starts doing an animation it's turner animation he's coming up it's at, during the disney renaissance um and they grab brad bird because i feel like in animation everyone's like getting brad bird just to go like we have brad bird yeah he's this guy you know he was anointed by the nine old man blah 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 but he hasn't really done something yet he pitched a movie called Ray Gun, which was kind of a hard edge future noir movie. Okay. And they were like, no. 
<laughs> but it's funny. This poor guy. I yeah. feel like he's got oh. all these great ideas and everyone's just like, mm, no, thank you. And then Warner Brothers buys Turner Animation. And okay. it's 30 days before Brad Bird's contract is up. Oh. And they go, here's what we have. And they basically just throw everything they've got in front of him. And I think he's like, well, if I don't find anything, I'm leaving. Yeah. And he finds this Iron Man. The, mm-hmm. the Iron Man. Real quick trigger warning coming up. We're going to talk about gun violence for a little bit here. So yeah, um, when he leaves Disney, uh, his sister around the same time is murdered by her husband, Ugh. shot, and so he reads this book, this this story, and he comes up with this concept. What if what if a gun had a soul, and a gun didn't want to be a gun? Oh, interesting. And that's the point of this movie, okay. and and okay. that's like the 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 thing behind it. What if, what if, what if a gun could make the decision not to be a gun? What if like inanimate objects, like yes, yeah, had. So, he rewrites this. He puts it back. You know, he's like, I want to do it. It's in the fifties, nineteen fifty-seven, the year he's born. Is um, the time period he sets it in? Is the time period which is he interesting because in. the book itself was nineteen sixty-eight. So it's interesting he goes back a little bit further than. There's some reasons for it because there's a lot of yeah. stuff about the atomic age with this and that sort okay. of thing. Um, so I think that's kind of the end of the story. Uh, oh, so they start making this movie. Um, they're working out and they're like, great, we're going to give you like half the money and half the time to do it. And he's like, okay. So he like, but they're like, you can get whoever you want. So he starts getting like these weird, apparently like animators that are like, they're really great animators, but they're pains and they're pains in the butt. Mm-hmm. Where these are, they're a really great animator, but they're like kind of crazy. Like he's just picking up this island of misfit toys. Yeah, I kind he, of love that though. And yeah. he's like, he sits everyone down. He's like, we're gonna do things this way, which is his new way, and we're gonna do things this way, which is the Brad Bird way. They start doing this thing, which is like, they bring in, like they 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 would do group public um, critiques, and he would just get up there and everyone would watch, and he go, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong in front of mm-hmm. everybody else, which is. I think the way he does it isn't so much like you're you're ugly and you're stupid, but he is just like very blunted, very well, it like sounds this is similar bad, this is this. to what you were talking about, Carly, like getting feedback from yeah. projects mm-hmm. and things like that, depending on what you were working on. Yeah. He institutes a new thing where typically what it had been was each animator had a specific character they did. Yeah. He goes, No, you're in charge of this scene. Okay. And he says that because he goes, I think that makes it better because everybody is working together and you're doing like in the, the, all the characters are. You're in charge of the emotion and you're in charge of very different things than just a character. Yeah. He yeah. actually himself hand animates the scene where the little kid drinks espresso and kind of goes is like explaining everything. That's his he hand animates that. That's Brad Bird is actually in there doing that. Um, they start doing that. Quest of Camelot eats. Excuse me. <laughs> like, just does bad. Um, and Warner Brothers goes, I guess we don't want to be in animation. Well, and I'm assuming none of the animators that are on this were on that. No. Yeah. So they're kind of like, yeah, you know, you, you should go ahead and finish it. But, like, apparently they never gave them a release date. Oh, wow. So they're just working and working. And then, like, the marketing person would take it to... Uh, big sh- trade shows and so like people would see it like McDonald's or restaurants and mm-hmm. go like oh we want to do toys with this when is it coming out and she'd be like I, I don't know and they'd be like alright goodbye and they just <laughs> yeah, leave yeah. they're like we can't build a happy meal 
franchise yeah. around this because we don't know when. Uh-huh. And they're doing all this stuff around that time. And I mentioned earlier, Ain't It Cool News. If you don't remember Ain't It Cool News because you weren't a uh, male movie nerd in the early 2000s, it was. And there's a really great podcast I'm listening to now called Download, which is all about how ain't it cool news was like a terrible culture and all this stuff and like how it possibly led to the toxic fanboyism that we deal with today fascinating but um some one of the animators takes a vhs copy of the iron giant leaks it to ain't it cool news to specifically drew mcweeney who i believe was what a last name moriarty (laughs) um uh they all posted under fake name so he was like moriarty was his fake name got it um it's and a better fake name than his real name. Drew McWeeny. Yeah. The the last name police over here. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know um, why it's sticking with me, but um, but he is like this is a great American. This is like the great American animation. He does this huge thing on. He's like, I don't know why Warner Brothers is burying it. Blah blah blah. All these people start calling for it. So Warner Brothers goes okay. So they like give it like one poster. They give it that trailer. I said the like yep. this summer a new type of heavy metal with like. <laughs> generic i miss those trailers to be honest <laughs> well it's great. not what the movie's about well yeah but and they're like cool this is gonna do great it's gonna come out in six months six weeks and they're like what like like all yeah. of a sudden they're like okay sure and so it doesn't do well it gets critically you know for a couple reasons because the marketing wasn't great because it didn't have any toy anything around anything it. connected so to kids it. are like what is this um it's a little dark like it's 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 a solid pg movie some of the stuff yeah, I, it's, I, I it's intense. like they talk and about I, death there's a whole thing like, where the giant like learns about death mm. um, i feel like it's also coming at a time you said it's still the renaissance it's so the, there's still yes. a very different style of movies that are very popular from right. disney that kids are maybe that's what they're expecting going into seeing yeah. this and this is seems very right. di- very different so it doesn't do well it is it critically you know, lauded. Um, yeah, and now I feel like it just—it's got this weird nostalgia thing because it came I think back. It has a big cult following. Like there are people who well, are diehard for this film. Like, I don't who even lo- know. I love it. I don't even know if you call it cult anymore because the Iron Giant appears in Ready Player One. Oh, now part of that is because it's yep. by Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers is like, "What is our IP to put on things?" He's in the funniest thing. He's in. Have you seen the 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 video game Multiverses? Which is like all the WB properties, like Wonder right. Woman and Arya Stark and <laughs> Shaggy from Scooby Doo, and then like the people. Iron Giant. It's like a, it's like Smash Brothers, and he's in that. Um, couple other little facts I want to do. So, do you know any of the voice talents in this? No, like, I, I purposefully didn't do any type of research so I could be real surprised because right. very okay. rarely does that ever happen. Well, so. first and foremost, you have to realize that. <laughs> You're about to watch a Vin Diesel movie. What? Because the Iron yep. Giant is one of the very first is roles. Vin Diesel? Is Vin Diesel? Get and he's got like here. 54 lines, and it's all like me, Giant. But it's yeah. like it's Groot. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston is the mom. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, obviously, I don't know who any of them are. That's Harry Connick Jr. is kind of the like beatnik guy. I don't know all I the feel characters. Like he had a lot of work in this like era, like film. Oh, because he's Mr. Handsome. Yeah. Um, and then. Oh, what is his name? Is it Chris McDonald? It's the guy who's Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore is the bad guy. And then John Mahoney, uh, Martin Martin from uh, Frasier. from Frasier is in it. So it's Check a, out you know, uh, Craniacs, yes, wherever we'll, you get we'll your plug, podcasts. We'll plug, we'll plug. So yeah, I that's 
the story, I wanted to go into Brad Bird's story and this kind of this, you know, from here he gets, you know, like they, it's kind of, again, it's really, it, it, it puts him in a weird place because it is like, well, obviously you made a very critically acclaimed loved yeah. movie but like not anyone no one saw it <laughs> but then so luckily does he still his, stay with warner brothers or does he leave warner brothers is done after this this yeah. is they, oh they, this they, is they, the they, end yeah, of them are, okay yeah. this could have saved warner brothers animation it did not got it um and then but his classmate john lasseter goes well i'm over here making mm. this uh studio pixar maybe you've heard of it and he brings him over and he again he pitches Ray Gun and they're kinda like, Well, no, but then he gets the Incredibles and that's you know I love the Incredibles. I can't wait till we do that. Yes. So that's that's kind of the Brad Bird story. I I hope I did an okay job with I notes think you on did this. A great <laughs> job. <laughs> like I said, check out the the Iron Giant. Um I don't have anything else. It feels weird with me like saying all this and then not tossing to you and you having I some know, yeah, I don't facts. have anything. But Carly, do you have anything? Any other like memories uh, or connections or facts that you can think of from it? Not that I can think of, like, because I think it pretty much all got covered. Yeah. Um, yeah. And probably as watching, I'll like remember things. Mm-hmm. Um, just like not off the top of my head. So, like I said, I had not seen it the last night I watched it. I'm actually a- shocked. I totally thought you had seen it. <laughs> I'm sure you told me this, but I, like, I could have sworn you I said watched- I, you've seen it. I For some reason, I've seen like next to nothing from it. Like, the only thing I remember is there's that gif of the like characters like the beatnik metal sculpturist and he's like it's art like (laughs) that's the only i think about that gif a lot it's just him screaming it's art (laughs) and so i watched a couple scenes last night like some ones they talked about in the podcast yeah and i will say i started one scene and i had to turn it off because i was getting very super emotional about it. So I'm letting okay. you know this in advance. I appreciate that. And also let parts. the listeners know yes, who maybe haven't seen it. Yes, some emotional parts. Um, okay. it, and I was like, you don't even know this movie and you're getting all the, you know, <laughs> these characters. What's going on? So. Good to know. I think we're ready to check this out then. We're literally, so just to let everyone know, Carly here is literally going to put the, uh, not the VH, VC, VHS, but, but the DVD, put the DVD in, in, in the, in the, in the, in the v, VCR and break both things. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but this is available on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that now I think Warner Brothers is very like one of those things we're like, oh yes, we're very proud to have this part of our uh, IP since it's you know something no one else can grab. Um, but yeah, Fairy Tale Friends, it's time to grab to take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. All right, see you on the other side, listeners. We're back. We loved it. it I was loved great. it. I loved it. I still fantastic. It's it gave I mean, me all the feels. I will say I want to mention some trigger warnings once we get into the story because I think yes. there are there's a lot of gun stuff and there's yeah. just a there's like you mentioned the talk about death and I think just like handling like immortality and. I don't know. There's a lot there and that there's I some th- child and endi- like it's a PG movie. Yeah, there's child endangerment, but it it's interesting because it it. You know, we talked a lot about at the beginning about him saying animation is a medium, not a genre. This felt like a movie that they would go, oh, it needs to be PG because it's too adult. It, it, you know, like Flight of the Navigator or like things like that, like that era PG movie. Yeah. And then this was because it's definitely PG. It's 100% PG. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, but I, I, I think this movie would not have done well as a live action anything. I think it, it so benefits so well from being, you know, th- this is a movie where I think it does such a good job of this had to be an animated movie, but it, it's not necessarily just a movie you can show any kid. Yeah, I also think this scale, like, I know this might be silly to say. It's not, I, I know knew, what you're going to say. Yeah, it's... I knew he was big, but I <laughs> didn't realize how big, and they do such a fantastic job of making you feel that from the moment we see him first on screen. Well, you know, like, giants could come, Andre the Giant was, you know, only over seven feet tall, and this giant's 100 feet tall. I yes. think they kind of, it's interesting, because sometimes... But do you know what I mean? I feel like you get that feeling yes. and that sense, and the, just the way that he interacts with the world. I don't know, they did a really good job <laughs> thinking through all of those can, things. Can we talk about the Giants design for a second? He sure. was he was designed by Jim Johnston, who is was the director of like Jurassic Park three and Captain America the first the uh, the first Avenger. Um was like a Spielberg guy, did a lot of uh special effects for F- Spielberg movies, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Did big movie did the Rocketeer, which is funny because he kind of looks a little bit of the Rocketeer with the the fin on his head and stuff, but he is completely CGI. Throughout yeah. this whole movie. Oh. Which yep. there are some tricks they do, I think, to make them different, which I found out. So help me out on this. Okay. Because <laughs> anim- animation is like, what is it? The, there's the the twos and fours, or what is it that they typically animate uh, on? Usually, like, features might shoot on ones, but generally, you'll, like, do on twos. So what that means is, I think we've talked about it before, but on ones means every frame you're doing animation. If you do a, an animation on twos, it means you're doubling up. Oh, okay. You're, you're, you're basically animating once and then copying, pasting, and then animating. You know, you're doing that, so it I kind see. of saves some money. They did something like that with the giant to, to, to make him seem like they animated the giant on the twos or they did something in there so that he seemed kind of at the same pace mm. as the hand animation. Yeah. Well, it's it was very cool. Um, and he's so expressive considering so he's expressive. just like and he reminds me a couple of a, lines He reminds me of Lady. Like he reminds me if you yeah. have an expressive <laughs> pet. Uh, it doesn't have to be a dog, but I I think it, yeah, he's very expressive. I mean, also they compare him to kind of being a kid. I think that's he's probably yeah, I think, also I think you said during the movie about a toddler. Yeah, and he, I, he's like a very giant metal toddler. I think yeah. he, I think I think a pet's almost more cuz he's he's got a little bit of a blank expression and maybe that's just our pet cuz lady will stare at us. Lady does this thing where she gets completely still and I have no in, in, idea what she's thinking and then just her tail will wag. But like nothing else will change. Yeah. She doesn't do like full changes. But I feel like they got his eyes to be really expressive and emotional. And to be honest, they don't move a lot. The lighting. Well, they does gave him change. eyebrows a little bit. That might be it. That might it might yeah. be the eyebrows. But uh, speaking of, there's a picture of lady that just came on the screen uh, on Ryan's <laughs> screensaver. But um, but yeah, I just thought he was so expressive, and I was very impressed with how they got that across as well. <laughs> I don't think that's an easy thing to do, right, For that type all. of a character. Uh, do we want to jump into the story again? You know, I took notes, but, uh, you know, I'm going to try not to hit it beat for beat, but yeah, just yeah, yeah. kind of cover it. Uh, we start oh, s- before we do that. Yeah. I do want to say, if you're even thinking about watching this, I know we say this with a lot of oh, movies. Oh, go watch it. This is definitely like, this yeah. is one of the biggest surprise. Like 
this movie to me watching this feels a lot like when we watched the Mitchells versus the Machines where I was like this is a like out of nowhere this is a yeah. classic I recently got the Mitchells versus the Machines on Blu-ray so oh I had, didn't know that I did um, <laughs> are there special features you know I love well, you know I love extra features I will show you when you open it up I usually throw away all the, like the, the paper stuff yeah. inside one of them is like a director's uh, note but the director is is her is her oh that's so, so cool so I was like oh, okay I'm keeping that um, and I'll, 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 we'll get a grab on over the, when we're done with this, but this is, you know, this, I don't think was as much of a surprise as the Mitchells versus the machines because nothing personal, Carly, but Carly was like the only person who's like, you got to watch this movie. I no, like, okay. I feel this like movie there I've were hearing, others. Yeah. Oh, Mitchells versus the machines. Yes. 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 This, I'm sorry. I thought you meant this. Yes. For this yes. for like 23 years, I've heard, oh my God, you haven't seen the Iron yes, Giant. That's what I was going to so say. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll get to it. So yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, it was very, very good. So I would agree with that. I liked being surprised because of what we're doing on this podcast. But I would say I also didn't listen to a podcast about it yes. right before I watched it. So I, I would agree with that as well. Uh, but we start somewhere off the coast of Maine and it's stormy seas. We f- I find out this guy's name's Earl. We find out later because mm-hmm. he's like a sea captain or whatever in the it's town. M. Emmett Walsh is the voice actor okay. which I'll, I I just if you've seen MM at Walsh you've you've seen him in 9 million things probably yeah yes. uh so we see what looks like a meteor well we see like the zoom out of earth and everything and it says you know she's Sputnik going Sputnik around. and you see it's 1957 <laughs> and then we see what looks like a meteor in these stormy seas and he thinks he's washed up on the lighthouse and then he sees two lights yes. which are the eyes they do yeah. a lot of stuff with the uh, the giant in the background and then you just see his eyes I love that and I have that like written throughout Silhouette, but then like these glowing pair of eyes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, once you've discovered that he's friendly and blah blah blah, it doesn't happen hardly anymore. But in the beginning, it's real like it's very ominous. I mean, we yeah. knew the Iron Giant's a good guy, and every time we did, we went, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he so he crashes into him, and then he winds up like on the light, the rocks of the lighthouse. He mm-hmm. like comes to onto the rocks of the lighthouse. And I was glad that he stayed alive because I was worried. I was like, oh gosh, is are they going to like just kill someone like right at the start of the movie? Because yes. I, I was a little concerned for that. I also wrote here, I don't know if um, either one of you really tuned into it. Huh? That's a pun for what I'm about to say. If you tuned into it, but I really loved the instrumental music in this film. I really mm. liked it a lot in the stormy yes. seas, but I think it does a good job of, pairing with the emotions and i think it helps you on that journey like as you're with each character well, i really liked the music the a next lot. shot coming up where i really paid attention to the music yes i have that written <laughs> down but first i want to talk about how beautiful was that sunrise after the storm with the yes. way they did the water and the colors and just everything about that and if you've ever lived somewhere by the water after a storm, a lot of times you do get like that kind of a beautiful sunrise or a beautiful sunset, mm-hmm. depending on when the storm was. I just loved that. Well, scene. what's the joke I always make when there's a hurricane on the East Coast? We have wonderful temperate weather here. Here in, in Texas. Texas. Yes, that is true. Uh, but yes, then the music changes and we meet Hogarth Hughes. And Hughes is the last name of the author of the original novel, Ted Who Hughes. Who was Sylvia Plath's husband. Oh, that I didn't know. Uh, but he's on a bike and the music changes and it's very upbeat. And It looked like the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, only not like a French villa. It was just like, I looked yeah, everybody bonjour, <laughs> bonjour. It's like it looked exactly like that. So yeah. think of that when that comes in. Yes. And it also, it was everybody in the town was like either fixing things from the storm or doing what they would do in the morning. Yeah. So you were getting kind of this idea of the town. Uh, and then we find out, 
he brings this box and we find out it's a squirrel that he's brought into where his mom works and his mom works in a diner. And we're introduced to Dean. The squirrel gets loose. Yeah. Yeah. We're introduced to Dean, who is Harry Connick Jr. And I loved Dean. I thought he was a great character. I, Did you not like him? No, I, w- I thought Carly was going to say something. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I thought, so like, okay, I have thoughts about Jennifer Anderson's character. She was fine. But oh, I forgot that that was her. Yeah, that's the thing. She's just a she mom. She could have been she's anyone. Not yeah. really any. There's, she's you know, and we'll get into I that in she female representation. I think fine. she did a great job. I thought her voice work was really good. Yeah, and, and as I'm, a working like, mom, I think they portrayed that yeah, somewhat yeah. okay. But yeah, but I, I, I'm kind of like to me, I'm like you really like we could have if this if because I don't know that Jennifer Aniston has done another voice role and I'm like if this was her only voice role it's a real shame because she's really good yeah but it's a nothing mm-hmm. it's a nothing burger role on the other hand Dean oh, so so she's just a mom like she's not really much of a character I like Hogarth a lot and I think he really elevated you know it but he's like he, it's it's a it, it basically he's the inquisitive kid yeah Dean is a character I don't think I've seen before specifically in animation. And I was like, this is really cool. Because he was like... He reminded me of, um, in Fantasia 2000, how they animate the jazz, the... Um, oh, the uh, Gershwin number? Yes. It's not, it's not exactly the same, but some of his facial features, mm-hmm. I feel like, were a little bit similar. Yes. Uh, I, I But I'm just, like, he was... I think this is, you know, getting into a little bit of social justice stuff. But, like, he was really, like, an, a great, like role model without being anywhere near like toxic masculinity i I, yeah. I don't think there's a lot yeah. of animated movies that deal with it i think in general they're a softer touch with their masculinity but i also think too he was an outsider like Hogarth he was an outsider is, is an outsider he was an artist know? he he's the only one he doesn't believe earl but he's like yeah i saw it too just yeah, so everybody will stop me from he's like if, that's if, what's if, happening in the diner is yeah. earl is trying to tell people and that reminded me of independence day when he was trying to tell everybody about the aliens. Another Harry Connick Jr. Yes. Movie. Oh my gosh, yes. And nobody believes Kick the him. ties and light the fires, baby. Yes, oh my gosh. What a, I totally forgot about that. What a great connection you just made to this. Uh, but it that's Earl reminded me. It was a very mm-hmm. similar scene in a diner, like talking to locals and no one believing him. And I do, like you said, you I just cut you off. He says if he says he believes him and then uh, Hogarth's like I believe he's Hogarth. like I didn't see anything he's like if we don't stand up for the kooks who will yeah he's just like a nice guy and he you know later in the movie he's just he there's like no like he treats Hogarth like a like a person he's like I think he just you know, like yeah just he keeps really to himself he owns a scrapyard he does his thing but then we get to really see his personality when it's him and Hogarth I think he gets a weird forced romance a bit with jennifer aniston but i'm also like i like him so much no i have a comment that was like i wonder if they get together because like when she showed up at the scrapyard he like gave her eyes like he wasn't expecting although i guess he met her yeah at the diner he he knows her at the diner well he gives her a little bit of eyes at the diner but then a squirrel oh that's right pants yes (laughs) and he does it's so weird because when he's the reaction he has to her i was like What's happening right now? Yes. And then he's trying to be cool about the squirrel up his pants because he told Hogarth. Hogarth he wouldn't like, say anything. Don't say yeah. anything because my mom won't let me have this pet. 
And then he stands up in the middle of the thing and he goes, I'm sorry about this, everybody. And unzips his pants and like a and squirrel. The squirrel jumps out. The implication out. <laughs> is the squirrel jumps out his fly. Now, the next shot is the squirrel. Like, I don't remember the squirrels on screen, but we're getting like a pan by of all the diners doing reactions the to it. The squirrel's like in there, but quit. Yes. Yeah. Chaos. And that's what I, I think that's what makes this movie like elevate among normal animation is there's so many like really good reactions and like every bit of it looks carefully constructed and animated and there's a lot of those i don't know what you call them because they're not quite montages but those squirrel shots like you're talking about yeah yeah. there's a lot of those with the different things that happen and i think you're right i think it adds to the story and it elevates it there's no cheap looking background characters there's no quick animation scenes every scene seems to have been done with the same amount of care as every other scene and i mean that as a compliment not like a cost cutting maneuver well and i think as you talked about the personality of Bill? Brad, no, Brad, Brad. Bird. Uh, of Brad Bird. I was like, Bill Bird? That doesn't sound right. Um, of Brad Bird, th- that sounds like that's why, mm-hmm. right? Because he yeah. wanted everything to look a certain way. Uh, but we cut to Hogarth back at the house and his mom's working late. And he's like, oh no, I'll, I'll be in bed or she whatever. Goes, There's cold chicken and carrots. And he goes, okay. And he opens up the the bread Twinkies. box and there's Twinkies. Twinkies and the Wonder Bread and yeah. he winds up staying up late, makes a fort and he put whipped cream into the Twinkies so did okay. he add cream? Yes. So Is that a thing? <laughs> I've never eaten a Twinkie. I've I've never seen anybody do that before but in now my you brain want I to? went, when's the first time I could get Gotta away with doing this? And have some Twinkies. <laughs> and have some Twinkies. Well I was yeah. thinking, do you guys know anything about Twinkie wiener sandwiches? No. Did you ever no. see UHF with Weird Al? No. Nope. It's like his favorite meal, quote unquote. And it's just literally nope. like they take a Twinkie and they cut it down the middle. They put a little piece of American cheese and a hot dog. With it, the cream? Yeah. with the. But it's funny because they did it on Binging with Babish. Uh-huh. And he had it. And he goes, this is shockingly not bad. Huh. Like, he's like, this is actually pretty good. He's like, it's a little salty. Like It's like the cheese on the Twinkie kind of is like when you put cheese on like an apple pie. It's like. A, a oh, see, I've never done cheese. that either because like, I think he, that's weird. He, he was like, he's like, <laughs> I thought that I was going to not finish this. And he's like, I'm going to finish this. Huh. We'll post that on the Facebook page. Uh, but yeah, so he's watching a scary movie uh, and the, he realizes something's up with the antenna. The fake acting from the main male actor in the, the, in the fi- movie the movie where he's like, hello, I with this, it's just so stilted and good. Yeah. But the antenna yeah. gets busted. And he's out. And this is where we can see, too, that Hogarth is kind of a daredevil kid like very adventurous but Mm -hmm. not afraid like he goes right up to the roof like it's like he's done this a hundred times kind of a thing uh and he sees the path of destruction he's like something got this antenna and he kind of sees everything that got damaged on the way to the antenna so he goes out to hunt basically he goes Mm -hmm. out to see what it is and uh this is where we started talking about how the movie brings you in so quickly. Like you're so invested yeah, and you're so, you know, you, cause we were trying to screen share and then we kind of watched on our own, but together yep. Carly mm-hmm. watched the DVD. <laughs> we watched it streaming <laughs> and it actually worked well, but um, that's what we were saying. Like we didn't want to keep pausing it cause the streaming yeah. wasn't working as well. Cause this and we were all bring- like, I've, I think we've seen movies where I'm like, okay, if I don't, if, if, if this movie reload, isn't the perfect viewing yeah. experience. I'm not missing a lot. And this one, I was like very quickly like, I need I need to watch this. Yeah. Yes, like, agreed. Yeah. And that's where we started talking about that. I also love his eyes in the skyline. We talked about this earlier, but briefly before he approaches Hogarth and he tries to eat the metal and gets electrocuted at like the electricity. Mm-hmm. 
all of those um all of those shots where he's in the in the landscape or in the skyline i thought were very cool yes i so does he eat metal to like sustain anything? I it's it's just so funny because they're like he eats metal and he sleeps. Like he just does yeah. things that like considering well, like, th- th- this movie implies that he was made as a weapon. Like he does a lot of stuff that I'm like, why? Like how does this help the being yeah. a weapon? Yeah. Well, and I, then there, well, like there's the one scene where it's like his stomach's rumbling, so they're like, no, he is hungry. But, yeah, it's not helping anything. It's not yeah. like that's how he can re because I I knew he could. When we get into this a little bit later. I knew he could fix himself yeah but i thought maybe he like rebuilt parts like and it's not that he's not regenerating he just yeah. like calls all the parts to him so i'm like what does eating metal do other than it's just like it feels like something a child would do to describe a robot monster like oh yeah he eats, he eats yeah. metal like why wouldn't he eat metal and mm-hmm. i'm like it's so good and yeah. i also love every time like so well and eating and sleeping gets back to him being more like a child it, it, right well like, him also being a thing with a soul yes but like, we'll go on this a little bit. But one of the things around town is they keep finding cars with like literal. Just a bite. Someone says like, it's like a, he looks like a ham sandwich. Like yeah, it's got a bite out of it. Yeah, like the yeah, it's like one of the the farming equipment. Those yes. metal. Thi- yes, thank you. That has like a bite out of it. A lot of cars have bites out of it, uh, and so he saves him in this moment because he's mm-hmm. getting electrocuted, and Hogarth saves him, and then. Again, all of a sudden, the giant disappears when his mom finally comes and finds him because his mom is freaking out that he's not at home and it's super late at night. And I like that he disappears into the landscape. Like, we'll see his eyes. We'll see. Yeah. He's, huge. Well, he's, he's driving away with his mom and you see like the the shadow outline of all the big pine trees. Yeah. And then just one of them just turns around and you see it's the so eyes. Good. It's so good. It's, yeah. it's it would. I, I kind of want Brad Bird to do a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut to school, and so this is the only time we see Hogarth in school, so I don't know if he was on break for the rest of the movie, or I don't know why I was so focused on it, but I wanted to know if it was the weekend or what was happening. But when he is in school, they're watching an Atomic Holocaust video, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, the kids are all talking about you know what it was that came into the town, and it's that Cold War era, and we were talking about what they were watching is very similar. Carly, you were saying something about... How yeah. you you watched that in animation? Yeah, because in um, history of I animation. Think, yeah, I believe it was a handful of studios, or I know for sure Disney did some, but they had to do like duck and cover animation videos to like show kids during that era mm-hmm. what to do. Yeah, yeah. So like, because I even was googling just to see, and yeah, it was like one with a turtle, and it was just videos that would play for the kids. My my dad grew up around this time. Um, and he, he, I remember once him trying to get me. It's a movie I should probably try watching. And there's a movie called The Atomic Cafe, and it's like an art movie that somebody kind of made a, a movie and a narrative by piecing together a lot of Cold War atomic videos, like these cartoons, but also like the live action stuff and things like that. And at the time, I was like, I don't know, you know, like it was an art movie, but like. I remember my dad wanting to watch it because he's like, I remember all these movies. I remember this yeah. stuff. Like he remembers, like he was he was the kid in his class got sent to the uh, det- detention or to the principal's office because he was like, I-, I think they told him put a paper bag over your head was something they were supposed to do too. And he was like, What is this gonna do? Yeah. And he like started like really arguing with the teacher, like, What is this gonna do? And they're like, Ronnie, it's just gonna make sure you don't see what's gonna happen to yeah, you before it happens. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. which, which is you know. 
getting into it nowadays is, is also very upsetting. But like, yeah, like it was. And I think they cover it very well in this movie because they show that. And then spoiler alert near the end where they think the, 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 the missiles coming, they're yeah. all like weak. There's like they, they all go, well, we should go do this. And they're all and the general's just like, that's not going to help. He's like, yeah, we're gone. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think those are moments we said it at the top. But, you know, as we go into like later on into the story, those mm-hmm. are moments that could be potentially triggering for folks, depending on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting the time that we're in and the movie that we're watching to really think about how this is a movie that was somebody dealing with a specific instance of gun violence that affected mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And I think it, it's... No, there were there are a lot of moments in this that really resonated me with I'm, what's currently going on yeah. in the country. Um, I'm in, glad in the United they... States. I, I know Carly's in Canada. <laughs> but... Uh, the country. The country, T, yes. I, C, kind of like the Ohio State. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like... I, I, I think like going back and there were things what we talk about in this, you know, this movie having gun violence and this movie having things like that, that I'm like, and I would not change a thing. No, I wouldn't no. change a because thing. Because I think it it's either. a very important I think message. It's an imp- yes. Let's uh, keep going with the story. So Sorry. what's very funny because I don't love this guy by the end of the movie, but when <laughs> government guy who we learn, I what's write his first his, name? I Kent wrote, Mansley. Yes. I wrote it down later, but we don't know his name here. I wrote, love the government guy. He's a man in black. Well, I, I very soon did <laughs> yeah. not love the government guy, but, but I, 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 I think like you his watch intro. his journey. Yeah. I and I you, like his intro because he's kind of, you you kind of get the idea that he's not very good at his job or people never believe him and he never does things right. And he's kind of like this babbling, you know what I mean? He's more of a, not a goofball, but he's not very serious when he first comes on the scene. Well, I, I think he doesn't take where they are seriously. He says, that might be they true. Go, he goes, Oh, big things. How are you from the government? And he's like, no, no, no. Big things happen in big places. And when I'm done here, I'm going I'm to going go back to, to a big, big place. place. Cause he doesn't That's care. True. And then yeah. his car gets bitten in half and he's like, what? And yes. Then he starts believing. So yeah, I very soon do not care for him, but it's funny well, that in my notes, I wrote love the government guy. Do you think, <laughs> do you think, I think they did a really good job with him because you see his journey mm-hmm. i understand why he's the way he is yes yeah. he makes some decisions and i'm like oh no you don't do that but it's also like 1957 well yeah. and it's coming from a place of like i think he's tired of no one believing him not that i'm excusing it but he's tired of no one believing him and then he's, and he's it finally yeah he's, he's he's making choices out of fear and then i think it also comes down to he's not going to get the best of me. Like this whole mm-hmm. time, this robot has bested me, right? Even though yeah. that's not what the robot was doing, but that's how he feels it. Uh, but yeah, so he shows up. Hogarth goes back to find the robot after school to, and he's trying to feed him and get a picture. And I, I don't mean to interrupt again. Anybody here know a Hogarth? No, it was a very no. interesting <laughs> choice for a name. Uh, I just needed to get that out there. Yeah, but uh, he... What's interesting is he's so excited to kind of lure him, but then when the robot actually shows up, he freaks out and he runs, mm-hmm. which I think is a very natural response. I'd probably do the oh, same yeah. thing. Like, I feel like, you know, we talk about, like, would we go, like, try to find a sighting of Bigfoot? And I, I do wonder <laughs> if we actually did oh, come yeah, across yeah. Bigfoot, what would we do? Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> you know, I think it's like a similar thing, especially, I think, for a kid. Uh, so then he tries to talk to him and this is when he's trying to teach him the difference between like a rock and a tree and and trying to tell him like, no, we can't go into town yet because you'll wig out. And I love that Hogarth does kind of like a silly. Oh, yeah. The wig out. Yeah. Wig out with his hands and then the robot. <laughs> the robot ma- no, no, no. Him. That's when they'll shoot you. Don't do that. Yes. Yeah. I also like that the robot's voice is like really sounds like 
It sounds like tin can. Yeah, it sounds mm-hmm. like a tin can. By the end, it's more you can really hear Vin Diesel's voice. And stuff. Not only is he learning the words, but like he's learning how to sound like a human. Yes. Yeah. And so it also cuts back at this point to a government meeting and it's kind of just everybody meeting it's, about it's what's the, going on in the, the mayor. town. The mayor and the rest of the mm-hmm. um, townspeople. And then Hogarth tries to tell him, you know, you I'm you stay. I'm going to go like I will be back. And then that's when you made the joke. It feels like when we tell Lady Lady has become more and more of a Velcro dog uh, lately. And so even if like we go downstairs to get something and come back upstairs, she's like on our heels the whole way down mm-hmm. and back up. Uh, but then. And then she looks at us annoyed like, I can't believe we came down here to get one thing and then go right back to where we were. And I'm like, I told you to <laughs> stay. Like, we talked about this. Uh, but uh, what I might have missed it, but what was going on? Did he just pull up the train tracks just to pull them up because they were he was metal? Eat them, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Them. I think I just looked down and I didn't. I, love, I just saw him with the train tracks in his hand, so yes. I was curious what happened. But and that's kind of the next them scene. Back together, like just so perfectly. So careful. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the train winds up crashing into the robot. Well, the giant. I keep calling him a robot because that's what yes. Hogarth refers to him as a lot. I. And so, and he breaks into pieces, and this is where you're not really sure what's going to happen. Yeah. And this is the first time we see that he kind of has like this. Is it a homing beacon? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, and all the parts come back to him. He like calls out to but them, and they the come parts back. like crawl as if they're their own autonomous being. And that'll be in a little bit. It'll uh, we'll go into that a little bit more. <laughs> I want to talk about one thing that you were talking about, like him being in school and it bothering mm-hmm. you. Here's something that really bothered me, and it's it's even even stupider. I love that. when we fixate on something that like okay. is doesn't so, make any sense. <laughs> he so the cra- the train crashes, and then a, a a man you hear a man's voice go, "Is everybody okay? Is anyone okay out there?" In the subtitles, it said "male number three. <laughs> it was the first man we heard. Yes, with no name. With no name. So then I went, okay. So we knew Frank and Ollie were the engineers. So they so show maybe up a they were one later, and two. So they were one and two. We never see number three. Who is this guy? <laughs> it really see, bugged I me. I don't, and I'm to sitting that's there. Funny. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it say again. Maybe you like went back to town or something to go report. Yeah. I I don't. Went I don't to know. go get help. I uh, I just all. He did that, and then in my brain, at the same time, I really fixated on. There were two voices in my head. One was fixating on it. The other yeah. one was, "This is the stupidest thing you've ever fixated <laughs> on." But I couldn't. I was like, you "Who is male go number it. three? Yeah. It feels like I don't know why. This is a very different scene, but like in the Fugitive, where they're like, they died and the thing, and then they find like it's like there's a there's someone else is there. We're not hearing the whole story. Oh. You know where the guys like we lost everybody and then they find like the empty. They find stuff, the empty chains. Yeah, that's how they know. Yeah, how they know. Never house, ten house. And anyway, yes. Like, but that's what I felt like it was. I'm like, male number three is going to come back somehow in this scene, and just we went on to the next scene and <laughs> nothing. So disappeared. Anyway. But that's when we again. Yeah, that's when we do see Frank and Ollie, and I was really excited to see them. It was kind of a fun cameo, uh, and I guess they're the conductors of the train. Would yeah. we say? Yes. Uh, and so then the next scene is what you were mentioning just before is when Hogarth goes home and realizes the giant hand. 
he's like, okay, you can come follow me because now the crash has brought a bunch of people. He's like, don't stay here. Come follow me. He puts him in the barn at his house. Yes. And then the hand is in the house trying to get back to the robot. But the hand is walking around like a dog where like the wrist is like its tail and one of its fingers is up like the head. Mm -hmm. So that when he talks to him, the one finger like tracks him. Yes. It's so good. Like I just And while it. he's trying to say grace, that whole scene is very funny. Yes. Because he's reacting to the robot hand, but then his mom also wants him to say grace. That was really good. Uh, uh like all the animation there was like fantastic cuz you could like see it in his face. He's like trying to juggle these two things. Yes. Yeah, these two mm-hmm. emotions. Yeah, it felt something it it felt very reminiscent of what happens in a live action movie. Yes. You know, when someone's yeah. having to do that, they they got that across very well. And they have what is probably maybe the most delicious looking nuclear mac cheese I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Where it was like that yep. that bright yes. orange. I don't know. I just immediately went, I want mac and cheese for dinner. And that's so. probably what we're having for dinner, yep. which is fine. <laughs> uh, but then he shoots a penny with a snap. Oh, and Ryan okay. said he can go. do this and I didn't believe it. So okay. now we're going to see. Well, we I don't go. know how well Carly's going to be able to see it. Do you want to turn on a light? Yeah, let's let's make this a thing. I'm taking the <laughs> headphones off. Let me turn on a light. I mean, all Carly's going to see is just this penny go flying She's either going to see me like excited or like I all told right. you you couldn't do all it. Right. Now here's the thing. I've been holding the mic. So All right, do you need like to this. do a little exercise with your hand first? <gasps> you can do it. It's not hard. You can do it. I don't think so, because you snap and then it like goes. I don't know if this is good radio, but I'm enjoying this. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately, right, it's like nothing but pixels here, right? <laughs> I know, yeah. Carly's like, this is great, guys. So you just put it in the <laughs> finger that you snap. Yeah, but you do it like this. Like you go, no, 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 no. You put it so, okay. This Look is like what I snap. snap. Look like you're going to snap and go like this. Like you're going to shoot it down your arm. So you're throwing it when you snap. No, you actually go back. See what? Ow. So that one didn't work. <laughs> that one hit his head. Let's <laughs> go like that. I feel like, I feel like I mean, that you're kind of throwing it. I'm... Okay. Okay, we'll, we'll put this... <laughs> All right, listeners. Uh, well, maybe we'll do a little video and put that on the Facebook page of Ryan snapping a penny. <laughs> if you get good at it, you can really, you can really like... Because what you're doing is you're pushing the, the, your middle finger forward like that. Okay. So you're pushing it like mm, that. Okay. Carly, okay. have you ever tried to do this? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't either. So Here, go well, get I a penny. We'll it. stretch this bit out for another 20 minutes. <laughs> um, uh, but I can also do the thing where you put like all the... Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, pennies were discontinued like years ago. Oh, oh yeah. Good point. Good have... point. <laughs> well, you could do it with anything you want, but pennies are just small. You can do it with dimes. Yeah. Do you ever do the thing where you put all the quarters on your elbow and then you catch them as you as you no. drop them? I've no. seen people do that, but I've never done that. No. I was either I had a oh, well, or had actually a, I've seen it with like a beer cap. Like yeah, you can people do beer in cap. college. But like I could would stack put a beer cap I could stack like two fifty in quarters and catch them all. Well, that's pretty impressive. I'll show you that afterwards. We'll 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 take this as <laughs> little tricks. I sounded that like I was like really <laughs> I you're gonna be like, I know oh, that's really impressive. I was like, I'll show you later. Like you're yeah. like, Oh, Ryan. <laughs> All right, back to the story. So the government comes, because again, I didn't have his name yet. A Kent Mansley. Government man, Kent Mansley. Because it was Kent Mansley, worked for the government. Yes. He comes to use the phone uh, to t- call about the train incident, and his boss doesn't believe him. You know, he's trying to describe this giant metal monster, mm-hmm. and he's like, you need to give me actual proof. And so then he's getting a little suspicious of Hogarth at this point. 
uh, you know, he's talking to the mom a little bit more, and that's how he... The toilet flushes on its own. Yes, yeah, and then Hogarth goes upstairs to the bathroom, and And then there's a whole sequence with that. Yes, and then at the end, the thing is, it's Hogarth is pretending... They bust in. He's trying to shove the hand out the window. Yes. And then they bust in, and he pretends like he was... Trying to go to the bathroom. bathroom. Pooping. (laughs) Yes. And he goes, no, it's a little privacy. And of course, like, that's like a great thing to do when you're about that age. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, like, you just want your mom and they're not not my mom. I'm going to be like, what are you doing in here? (laughs) And just wouldn't close the door. There's no privacy in my house. There's also no window out of the bathroom. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Not at all. So uh, he's then hanging out in the barn, and I liked this scene between him and the giant. He's showing him comic books and, you know, good guys versus bad guys and Superman, and the giant points to Ro- Atomo. Atomo, and he's yeah. like, no, he's a bad guy. You're a good guy. But he looks just like the giant, yeah. 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 And that starts the whole, like, w- yeah, what are you? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they do such a good job of so quickly there's like they go from like they're not friends to like these are the best friends that have ever best friended yeah well this because what comes next is when he holds him he holds hogarth in his Mm -hmm. hand and they go searching for food and i just loved when hogarth could see the view that he gets to see because he's so tall it was really neat and then they go to that there's a car on the side of the road he's going to eat it and then dean comes and toes it away but he goes hide and he hides by that like the diner side yeah Yeah. the billboard that is like kind of a space themed diner Mm -hmm. Uh, that was so funny yeah and then that's where he gets the idea oh we should go take you to the scrapyard that's where (laughs) Dean just like starts shoveling metal into his mouth and he's so excited to eat and I wrote I liked the music there there Mm -hmm. must have been a musical cue that I liked there but then this is where Dean meets the giant well first he grabs a car and bites and the car starts honking Mm -hmm. and it won't stop and that whole scene is a one of the funniest scenes i think because like the robot's like looking around trying to figure that's when the robot goes from like because there are scenes where you can kind of in my opinion tell he's cg because he's moving like slowly and purposefully and this scene how he's got so much quick personality because he like Mm -hmm. looks around and he just like sits on the car yeah (laughs) then you laughed when he just like through it, just shuts it, and we just hear the horn like in the distance. It like keeps going, <laughs> which I thought was really good. Uh, but this is when Hogarth is like, you know, he needs food, he needs shelter, and I thought it was an interesting choice because Dean says no and goes back in his house, and then they said thirty-seven minutes later. Do you do you have yes. any idea why they chose that specific number? I wonder. I think it's a funny number because it's yeah, so, it's not it's thirty, it's enough. not twenty-five, yeah, it's not rounded. <laughs> yeah, it was very funny. I I do also love before then is the scene where he gives espresso to the kid. Yes. And the kid's like explaining like, my mom, I don't have a lot of friends at school because they won't do this. And maybe they just do this. And it, that's the scene that Brad Bird animated himself. Mm. And I think it also is just an insight into Hogarth too. Well, just yes. kind of him his bef- personality. Before then when he's like, I'm going to have a coffee. Do you want, I don't know, milk or something? Like he doesn't yeah. know what a kid like wants. He's kind of like, I don't want to have. And and Hogarth's like, I drink coffee. And he, yeah. And then, and then Dean kind of goes, <laughs> okay. But I, it's it's interesting their relationship because Hogarth immediately try, like thinks Dean is cool. Yes. From that is, moment in the diner yes. when Dean is like trying to keep his secret about yeah. the squirrel. And then Dean's like, Okay, if you want coffee, I'll give you coffee, kid. And then I think later he says something. He's like, he's like, they just say I'm too agitated. He's like, that's for sure. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like Dean treats him like an adult. He does. There's he doesn't treat him like an adult. Like, 
he still knows he's a kid, but he doesn't talk to him like he yeah, he doesn't talk down to him. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we find out that Mr. Mansley rents the gov- the rented room that mm-hmm. they've been trying to rent a room in the house with mom and Hogarth. Sport. I love yes. the scene where he's following around Hogarth. Asking all the questions. But it's always like, hey, sport, hey, slugger, hey, ranger, hey, buddy, hey, cowboy. Like, you know, yes, like, and then oh, he's got yeah. a different question for him about yes. like what's going on with the robot uh, or the monster. And then uh, they go to get, they go to like Sundays. a yeah, soda shop. So yes. it, it was so, like a convenience store slash diner thing because there's like a bunch of shelves behind for like buying stuff. Yeah, so I feel like those it must used have been to a pharmacy. Well, yeah, in the in yeah. the fifties, yeah. a lot of times it was like a pharmacy, and then there was like a soda jerk, right? That's, That's what it's it called, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he gives him basically X lax. Uh, yeah, he's so Dean is like, you have to come get this monster. He's like, I can't get rid of this guy. And then, like, so that was his way of getting. He's like, "Oh, you got to crumble the chocolate into the Sunday." There's a lot of poop jokes in this, but yeah, like, and he calls it a landslide or a landfall or it's a something. landslide. Yes. Now, is that a term? Like, I never heard of that. Before. I don't know, but I thought maybe that. W- I don't know. You thought that was another poop? That joke? was another. Yeah, that was another code for something that no, he was like no, making his own maybe. joke. <laughs> but I was like, also, if you told me there was a like uh, extra chocolate sprinkles on, oh, a, on and that's a Sunday, what it was, was called. called a landslide, yeah. like big chocolate chunks. But if not, I'm that's what I'm calling it from now on because I don't know. I'm very yeah. I'm very tickled by that term of just like <laughs> big chocolate chunks equal rocks. It's a landslide. Yeah. I don't know. So <laughs> this is where Mansley starts freaking out and like everybody in the pharmacy, like in the store is like looking at him because he's screaming at Hogarth and then his stomach grumbles and then he immediately runs into the bathroom. Well, this is the first time you get like because later he. Freaks out he's a like lot. starting to show his. Yes, like, he's starting side. to. Yeah. Yes, starting to kind of show his true colors. Christopher McDonald, who I believe is the name of the actor, the, again Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore, so does such a good job with yes, the voice. Guy, look, guy's got Conan O'Brien here, but he also mm. kind of sounds like Rod Serling to me. You got to remind me who that is. The the uh, Twilight Zone guy. Oh, the like, yeah. Because when he's really calm, he's like. I'm a government agent. Mm-hmm, Let mm-hmm. me tell you how this works. Yeah, and that's when I wrote, I love the government agent. Like when he, his intro is very much like yes. that when he's first introduced to us. But we go back to the junkyard and uh, the giant is making metal sculpture art with <laughs> yeah, Dean. He, he goes, you can't, this is where we get the, it's yes. art. He's like, what you're eating is art. You can't eat art. You got to eat the scrap. <laughs> and then he like takes it and like puts it down and kind of fixes it. And Dean's like, you know what? That's actually pretty good. So he gets there and he's like using them to make big art. Yes, because he can't pick it up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so at this point, the government's now trying to find him. So then uh, Hogarth just wants to have an adventure. So he wants to go to the lake. Uh, And this is where Dean starts to say, you know, you really need to be careful. Like we really, Mm -hmm. you know, you're doing too much with him. And he does a cannonball. And of course, there's not a big splash. But then the giant does one and it basically causes this huge (laughs) tidal wave. I loved that scene. It was so good. Uh, Back to the road. Yes. Yeah. I do do love where the the guy in here, he's like, hey, buddy. Oh, when Dean's sitting in the middle of the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, what up? Uh, and then this is also where we see the deer and we were talking about the lighting in this part, like how beautiful it was, like through the trees and just everything about that scene. Uh, but there's a deer that two hunters mm-hmm. are going by. And this is where uh, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, death and talking the, yeah. about mortality a little bit. And so Hogarth- if you've got a kid and you're not really ready to talk about death, 
with them, like, don't show them this movie. Yeah. Because it directly says. But, I mean, it's also might be a good movie to show them if you're, like. It's a way to, like, launch into the conversation. Yes, because they, yeah. that's yeah. what they do with the giant is the, the, the deer shot. The giant starts touching it. And, like, the emotion on the giant's. Like, the giant looks like it starts to have panic attacks every once in a while. Yeah. And it. And, like, clear confusion, too. Because yeah. it's just, like, can I wrap its head around? It doesn't understand. Yeah, yeah, it can't. Yeah, I think that's a good way of saying it. Later and he says, like, you know, the deer was shot with a gun. Guns kill. It's bad to kill, but not bad to die. Which yeah. I thought was a really, I thought uh, that was a good phrase. And uh, then the giant. Well, the giant keeps, when they go back, he's like, yeah. so you're going to die. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, someday. And he's like, am I going to die? And he's like, well, I don't know. because." And this is where they kind of go into the like, you're made of metal, but you have feelings and emotion. And that's and a soul. And you have a soul. And mom says souls never die. Yeah. And I, I, I it's, it's very beautiful. And it's very, mm-hmm. like I said, it's like, did you guys remember the Sesame Street episode where Mr. Hooper died? No. So Mr. No. Hooper owned the, owned the, the convenience store. Mm-hmm. Um, and he died in real life. Yeah. And they just dealt with it where like, Big Bird was like, where's Mr. Hooper? And they're like, oh, my God, Big Bird, like, he died. And they're like, oh, okay, well, when he gets back, let him know. And they were like, yeah, okay. And, like, they dealt with it. And it felt like one of those things where it's it's simultaneously very sad and very emotional. But it's also kind of beautiful because, I, like you said, I, I didn't really think about it till now. But, like, you could use this as, like, this is the movie oh, very you show a kid so. and, like, explain. Or, like, use a scene maybe yeah. or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, so. Um, I'm sorry. You had a real, like. <laughs> no, because like it just, is. It's a very heavy scene, yeah. but I think it's very important not only to the film, but I think in general it's it's, it's done very well. Uh, but the government winds up locking him in the barn. That's my note. Oh, uh, First of all, the government, it's not the it's government. Mr. It's Mr. Mansley. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just keep writing down government because that was just he easier. Finds his, he finds his camera and develops a picture. That's There's a right. Picture of That's them right. And so then he gets in the... In the comes into the barn and like he turns on him this is where he gets real he locks very him scary. in he very throws scary. a very bright light and he like interrogates him yes when when the kid he's like you know we're gonna take you away from your mother yeah i didn't like that at all so that's another really? you're real like quiet about your thoughts on that scene. i'm just saying that's another triggering moment i think for yeah. for individuals you, like you, an adult like, threatening when sometimes when you when it's something you don't like you literally go that's your your natural well, response. All I will say is <laughs> an adult threatening to take a child away from a parent. Yeah, it's a triggering yeah, moment. Absolutely. So it's definitely something. Even, even if you haven't had. Even if you haven't. Yeah, it's a very yeah. intense scene because then it because goes you, the extra he, mile and he chloroforms <laughs> him. This is all just a bad dream and chloroforms him. Now, there's a scene there, I think, that they took out or they didn't end up animating that they were going to do for the that, that's like he has a dream of what happens when like there's like an invasion of the gi- the giants or something oh. there's a dream yeah. sequence that gets put in there and it would make sense to go there i think mm. yeah. um so then he wakes up and mansley's like the army's coming in the morning i'm gonna let and he's like nailed his <laughs> windows shut and they just sit in their rooms across from each other and stare at each other until the morning i loved when hogarth like he doesn't take his eyes off of him and he like pulls the blanket down and then it's like very like staccato yeah. movements. He like pulls the blanket down and then he puts on his helmet and he's staring at him the whole time. I love Forced that. Forced eye contact is always funny to me where you're doing yes. other things as you won't break eye contact. And then like the Brayman too with just like the doorways. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Centered. But then, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Carly. Oh, no. It was just like the way it's centered. Like there's a lot of fun compositions, but I remember that scene for my, my first one just enjoying because it's 
just like shown their confrontation. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then the 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 um not juxtaposition, but the the, the paralleling of their two, yeah. like the exact same thing. But yeah. then there's a scene where it seems like Kent goes to sleep and he wakes up and it looks like. Uh, Hogarth still in bed. He's like, ha ha, I got him. But then Hogarth walks by and goes, yes. morning, morning, Mr. Mansley. And yeah, it just like, leaves. Uh, but then that's where we cut. I wrote love Dean here, but we cut to the army. The army shows up looking for the metal man and Dean has turned him into an art piece. Yeah. And, and so, well, I do like the, the, the general goes out and is yelling at Mansley and Dean. I like that the mom, I guess it's Mrs. Hughes, but again, she is just, a mom. She's Hogarth's movie. mom, yeah. But she's like, it looks like you just tacked a bunch of this stuff on, and that doesn't kind of look this like th- your yeah your other pieces. Yeah, yeah I like that she she, she knows and has opinions about his art. Yeah, and then this is where Mansley gets fired uh, mm-hmm. because the general's like, you know, this is absurd. You wasted all this manpower and everything. Millions of taxpayers' dollars. Oh no! Well, just remember wait. A time they ruined we... the taxpayers' town <laughs> the, the, the in town. a minute. Well, I'm just about to say. Remember when they used? Remember the, the delightful days when we longed for the government to only waste millions of our dollars? Mm-hmm. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, so then, this is where we find out what happens when he sees a gun. Because yes. Hogarth is playing, they're like playing like comic book characters and mm-hmm. he's got like the laser and he's like, no, you're Superman. And he picks up an S of like metal in the junkyard and puts mm-hmm. it on him. The The giant does. And his eyes turn red and then the laser shoots. And then this is when he realizes, he himself realizes he's a weapon as well as like Dean, Dean it sees out. it because Hogarth, the gun stops working, his little laser yeah. gun. And so he's mm-hmm. trying to fix it and he doesn't know what's going on. But so the giant kind of runs away because Dean is like, get out of here, which I like that they did that. They had Dean do that, not Hogarth, because I think Hogarth was quiet during that scene. But I think it keeps Hogarth a pure friend like he didn't yell at him. But I mean, it also doesn't make Dean look bad. It just means no, like, he, he was just worried about Hogarth. Yeah, yeah he's, taking he's responsibility starting as to be protective. Yeah, protective of Hogarth here. And we see that throughout the rest of the film. Yeah. Him trying to protect Hogarth. And very quickly, he's like, oh, it was defensive. And he figures it out. And they go yeah. to they go to find the giant. Around this time, some kids see him with binoculars in mm-hmm. like the clock tower or something in, the in town. like downtown, and they fall out yeah. and they're 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 like hanging from the building. They're looking to fall, and the giant goes and catches them. And here we cut to the first time Ryan teared up because <laughs> he catches them, he puts them down, and like the whole town just goes, "Oh, he's friendly." I like that the town there was never that Frankenstein. Get your pitchforks. Well, they also yeah. for a while just stood and stared because I think they were yeah. not entirely sure what they've just seen. Oh no! But, as soon yeah. as he put them back, there was a then voice they, in the background that goes. Oh, he's friendly. Oh, okay. I like literally says that. And I was like, great. I love this. Yeah. So they pull up and show that, and like Hogar or uh, the giant is like, I'm not a gun. Yeah, and, I I, loved and that, that was the moment. first thing I was like, you're not a gun. You're yeah. Right. <laughs> like and I was so real, I know I, I I didn't full out do tears in this movie. I'm trying to remember I the did. last thing I did too. Oh, I know the last thing I had full on tears with. What was that? Uh. Stranger Things with the Kate Bush scene. Oh I was my gosh. like, Ugh. this, I was getting Ugh. really teared up, but it wasn't like actually like oh, enough no, that it was like, tears. oh yeah. But I have tears in most things lately. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
So this is when the army comes in to try to shoot it because then Mansley says... Try? Oh, they shoot it. Well, they, yes, I guess <laughs> they, they do. damage. Yes. But this is where Mansley says he killed a kid. So the yeah. general yeah. is under the belief that like we have to stop him before he hurts more people. It's a code red. And mom and Dean are trying to not only go rescue Hogarth, but are also trying to tell the army, no, no, like he's fine. Also, he has Hogarth in his hands. Like You are yeah. going to hurt my son. So... They bring, though I, I liked all the times when he starts kind of going into to weapon mode and then he like shakes himself. I was like, no, like he flat out goes, no. I like that once it. he recognizes, obviously yeah. it's a sense yeah. or a feeling or whatever. He he's aware of it now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he tries, you know, that I think that's a, a teachable moment, too, of like being aware of your feelings or being aware of like. You know, I feel like that's a good teachable moment for yeah. kids. Like if a kid feels like they're getting upset or angry, it's like you can be aware of it and recognize it. But you choose. Right. You, you can't decide to be mad or not but you are what you choose to be is a direct line from the film later on so i think that's a good way of showing it without saying it there so he runs away he figures out he could fly and i like put your hand out like superman yeah yeah they're about to go into the water and that's when Mm -hmm. he realizes he can fly and then he tries to fight his defense and gets shot down like he's trying yeah he's gonna shoot down the planes he's like no yeah. And then they shoot him down and he falls and he knocks Hogarth unconscious and the giant thinks he's dead. Yeah, because it's a very the, similar scene to the deer. The deer. He like yep. moves him around, he doesn't move. Yeah. And he does the oh thing God, again where this he's is shaking. When I started crying oh, yeah, from like here the to the end. Here, like, yeah. like the slow shaking. Mm-hmm. Well, even when he like starts freak because he doesn't just like look sad. He looks like he's having a panic attack. And yep. then he just decides he's like, I'm gonna let it happen. He's and, angry. Yeah, yeah, he just lets weapon mode happen yeah and he goes from this like kind of like fun art deco looking thing to this like scary horrible he transforms into a monster a monster here. yeah like, just is, like his parts all change and things come out and are light up differently and that looks like war of the world's tech to me yeah like, it's yeah. so weird um but so, carly you mentioned something about his eyes too um or it was like just like very like just body language in general was like very slow movement trembles. Yes, that was than it. Like yeah, extreme like tears or anything because it's just like the shock, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, this was the scene I watched before I watched. It was just him changing from like good mode into weapons mode, and even then he looks like he turns. He's like ah, and he does this like shake with his head, and he gets his yeah. teeth because he's got this row of teeth that kind of like come in and out whenever he needs teeth, like. To yeah. smile or chew something or whatever. Yeah. Well, on all of the like parts change on him. Yeah. He, he does not look the way he looks when he's good. He truly like transforms into a monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So he turns into a monster. He's heading out to the ocean because there's a battleship there. And Hogarth, they pull back in, and Hogarth runs to him, and is like, "Stop!" And like he, when he says that, like the mo- he misses his shot at the battleship. But then he looks like he's going to attack Hogarth. And Hogarth's little speech here, where he, like Hogarth is like, "I have to do this, and if he kills me, that's fine." Yeah, but this is when he tells him, "You are what you choose." You're to not be. a gun. Guns are to kill people. You don't have to be a gun. Yeah, you are what you choose to be. Mm-hmm. Choose, and then he like kind of like winces. He goes, "You choose, choose," and he like winces. Like, he's like, if this thing shoots me, like, this is what I had to do. Like, yeah. And he yeah. changes. He's like, Hogarth. And he changes back. <laughs> Family. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but then that's where the general realizes that the kid is has not died. And then he's like, 
what have like, you done, yeah. Mansley? Like, this is, yeah. yeah. And well, that's when Mansley gets even wilder than he's been. Well, this is the part where, so before this, they're like, we can't destroy this thing. We need to use the bomb. So they're like, get everything set up to launch a nuke at him. And then the general's like going to be like, hey, turn it off. And Mansley grabs the, the, the thing and goes, shoot the missile now. He gets like crazy eyes here. And then yeah. he fires the missile. And like, at, it's interesting because they've, you've, it, it, as soon as they hit, because it wasn't like everyone's freaking out. Like the general's just like, oh, we're dead now. Because he yeah. goes, that missile is tracked to the giant. To the to the monster and Mansley, where's the, where's the monster Mansley? Yeah, and Mansley and looks now, over. He's like, and he's like oh no! And, and, and then he like, tries to leave. Everyone. Yeah, he goes. He looks over. He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah, and Mansley tries. To I leave. do like that. The general is just like, oh no, you're gonna stay here. And you're gonna die with us. Like, he's yeah, like, like no, everybody no, no, no. kind of just yep. is like, okay, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah, he held off trying to do that call because, like, even Dean was trying to argue about doing it because he's like, yeah. it's strictly defensive. Yes, it won't. It won't try to attack unless you guys do. And he right. was considering it at that time, but then Mansley again. Yeah. <laughs> and then But as the whole town it it puts things in perspective because it was a real fear and a real scare for folks in this time period. So was it was on, like yeah. about like missiles and, and bombs and things. So I think it was very much like once they knew that's what was coming, they were like, Well, there's nothing we can do. So yeah. here we well, are. I also think that it was like this facade of everybody had been telling everyone like, oh yeah, well duck and cover will be okay. And now they were all just like, oh no, we knew this whole time. Like yeah. nobody was like, wait, what do you mean we can't duck and cover? They're all like, yeah, we can't duck and cover. Yeah. And they're all just like, well, this is what's going to happen And I've now. been crying since he was like, you are what you choose to basically. <laughs> you're, for, you're, well, from the moment, crying? no, from the moment he thought Hogarth was dead, I feel like I like, <laughs> I just like was emotional it was rough. for the rest of the movie. But this is when... He chooses what he wants to be, and he saves the town by going to get the missile. Well, he um, does the whole thing where he's like, I go, you stay, yes. no following. Yes, I stopped during that part. And he takes off into orbit. Yeah. And this is the part I think everyone talks about as being like one of the, like the, the this is the scene where he's launching himself at the nuke, and he remembers back what Hogarth says. He's like, you are what you choose to be. Ugh. And I'm getting worked up I just know. talking about it right now. I have a lot. I am a forty-year-old man. I have a lot of emotions. I think so, I, I my think, testosterone levels. Have I don't lowered. know why you're. I I'm don't know why you have teary. to give excuses for I'm it. Not it's excuses. An emotional I'm not giving excuses. I'm not giving excuses. I'm establishing where I am as a person so that they understand. Like it's this is this is this is the kind of person who's who's. who's it's affecting me because my testosterone levels are lowered. It's not a manly thing. It's just legitimate science. I don't know. I'm just being vulnerable here. I know. I just think it's weird for you to excuse it in that way. Here, like look you at should me. be let able me, to be emotional okay. no matter what your testosterone cool. level let is. Let me let me show how manly I am. Let me flick another penny across the room or something. <laughs> um, but he but he's he's goes, um, you are what you choose to be. It's a voiceover, and then yeah. just he goes superman i know and then he so closes good. his eyes like and looks up mm. i know closes his eyes and he looks up a little like he's a little i don't want to say happy but like he's he's, he's set he's like i've made my decision. choice yes yeah i'm saving my friend mm -hmm. this is what i'm gonna do yeah, yeah yeah and that little move at the end where it's not just him closing his eyes but it's him like kind of like smiling just the littlest bit of like i'm happy to help my friend is when i was he, like he's like at uh, peace yes yeah, yeah it, that's a great way it to was say when it. It, the the hose went from a trickle 
to a poor. As I was I crying the whole time. Going. And uh, now, this and is where I've always... And then Carly was checking in with us since she's here. Yeah. She's like, we hey, guys, holding up you guys over there. Right? <laughs> Everything okay? <laughs> I have it. And all she's hearing is like... <laughs> we are just like, oh, okay. Um, so, but then I, I the, do the rest of the movie still, and it's like, yeah. 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 Exactly. But see, I had always heard the giant dies. It's a sad yeah. ending, blah, blah, blah. But... But Guys. well, first we see the statue. We see the statue oh, that Dean made, and that yeah, that Dean made. And we then see that Hogarth has made friends at school now. Yes, so it looks like things are going well. And then he gets a box from the general, and it's the screw that like goes into his jaw, the the, the giant's yeah. jaw. Yeah, and they're like, this is the only piece they recovered. So they sent it to Hogarth. But while he's in bed, which by the way, that shot of him in bed, like with his mouth open and his head back, like, yeah. like it was it was really cute. Uh-huh. And then he hears something move and he looks over and like the box has turned over and, and the screws empty. at the window like tapping to get out. And it's lit up. And he's like, oh, and it's funny because Hogarth's not like, I'm going to follow it or I need to find he's him. Come back. He's like, you're free, buddy. Go. And he's and so happy. And I think happy. he's just happy that he's still He'll around. He'll come back when he comes yeah, when he yeah. wants to come back. And it does like this kind of long shot, and you see other parts, and it's in Iceland. 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 Yeah. yeah. And it's all these parts like going towards the head. Which and is the head's begin- in the snow. He's been buried. And the head, like the lights come on. I know. And he starts smiling, and our best friend in the whole world comes is back, and he's fine. I know, and I Our wrote in my friend. notes, he's not dead in like eight exclamation marks. <laughs> and I was just like... And then it cuts to credits. Yes. He is... There's no better friend in the world. I know, it's great. Now, my so my question is, if it had done well, do you think there would have been a sequel? Because of the way they ended it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I guess like Hogarth and him reunite. I mean, maybe. you look at brad bird's other like i'll never make a sequel movie and <laughs> the incredibles oh i guess that's and they true. finally did Ratatouille that he still hasn't gotten one w- when ratatouille yeah oh yes oh there God. you go <laughs> a two in it a two in it but um, uh but no i like that it doesn't have a sequel i was just like yeah. curious on your thoughts but i yeah i loved it i absolutely loved it i mean i don't want to jump the gun here guys but all i could think of was like can i get this on amazon blu-ray today but we have our questions, so yes, let's do, do them. Yep. How was the princess? I think the princess in this is Hogarth. Okay. Yeah. And I loved Hogarth. I know I you loved too. Hogarth. Yeah. He, he was great because it, it was just he was being a kid mm-hmm. and being also a mature though at times because right. you know, teaching the giant all these important topics. Well, he felt emotionally mature. He never felt like smarter than he should be. Yeah. It's an emotional movie about like things that are very simple, like good and evil, and like, like just being good and not necessarily not being evil, but not doing bad things. Like, yeah, was, well, and I know we have like not talked super positively about the mom, but that shows that she's raising him right. She's yeah. teaching him things, like she taught him about a soul, and oh, like I feel like yeah. you know him being emotionally mature says a lot about her mothering skills. If you want to go yeah. into that, absolutely. Because, like, I have a feeling it's, like, those were things that she taught him because I know his dad wasn't around, so, like, we can make assumptions. And I got the impression that it was, like, these were things she taught him when he had to deal with grief. Yes, right, that's a good point. Because we see a picture of what looks yeah. like it could be his dad at, like, uh, as a pilot, like, with a plane yeah. or something behind him. And it's in his room. Mm-hmm. And, like, he has that set, that helmet and those goggles that are very much, like, mm-hmm. a pilot's gear. So, other than that, we don't. 
mm-hmm, we don't mm-hmm. know anything about it. But yeah, yeah, you could make that assumption. And I, I think it's a good one to make. I think it's a connection that, you know, it's not a big leap to go there. Um, Prince is the, is the giant and we have just... Oh my gosh, we've gushed on him. praise on the giant. Oh, oh, sorry. One more thing I want to say, Hogarth. Just from an animation standpoint, I think mm, he was so yeah. well animated. Yes, so well done. Like such a scrawny little kid that was like, I, I don't know. I, lo- I, I loved just... him when he was in his bathing suit. Like the bathing suit trunks were like oh, yeah. a little too big for him. I love it. That reminded he, they... me of like Home Alone when he goes into the pool. <laughs> it would, but Home Alone too. Home Alone too. But again, York, it it reminded me of live. A- yes, it reminded me of live action scenes. I think they did yeah. such a good job of making this feel. It was animated, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it felt so real. I also liked when he got in the, the cold water, and he def- they definitely gave his his uh, skin like a blue tint. Yes, and he was shivering, yes. trying to convince everybody it was fine to come in yes. to the water. Um, Iron Giant, another well animated, but also well just designed character that you get. You know, a bunch of straight lines and this kind of Art Deco, you know, emotionless face. But they found ways to give. Oh him. my gosh, his fe- I feel yes. like his eyes were so expressive. His mouth too, because they put his jaw on a weird hinge, so he could. It wasn't just like up and down. Mm-hmm. It was like it moved around in a fun yeah. way. But like for how like basic and like no detail, it's like they got across so many expressions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are the sidekicks henchmen? I mean, there weren't a ton of sidekicks. I mean, or Dean. Dean. Dean was great. Dean. Yeah, Dean, we really Dean liked fantastic. Dean a lot. Uh, favorite musical number? There was no like actual songs, but I really like the score uh, quite a bit. There were some songs. Let me tell you a little bit. Think because I was talking about how there was no like tie-in with a restaurant. Was there a movie. jingle? I lied. The only tie-in was Johnny Rockets. Oh, and you could get a single, a cassette single mm-hmm. of that searching song, which was the song when he's looking for him. Oh, that's right. Which is an old song. And apparently yeah. the, the thing was Brad Bird drove around opening weekend to us. Many Johnny Rockets. He's fine. He's like, none of them have put the poster in the window. Like just Aww. because it happened so fast. Yeah. Cause it was so quick. Nobody <laughs> knew what was going on or they didn't have the poster yet or whatever. So in that vein, I'm going to say my favorite musical number was <laughs> searching. Just because. That's fine. I'm going to, I liked the entire score. So yeah, I the score, the score was, was very good. Um, and it was like not too long ago, uh, cartoon brew had shared like, Iron Giant was actually releasing a vinyl. Yes, oh, I know cool. somebody. I know some. Yeah. I think I know somebody who has a vinyl. Very cool. And I'm just like, be cool to listen to that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about does it hold up now? I want to go ahead and say again that I I wouldn't change a thing about this movie. I might change a few little things, but I think this movie for 1999 came out. I think it's important the message it has. I think the way it portrays as well. So there is. A lot of gun violence. A lot. Yes. I will say it came out in 99, but it's set in 57 and it feels feels timeless timeless. because I think we, all three of us, agreed that with what's going on, specifically in the United States, uh, with gun violence at the moment, it, it, it rings very true. It, it's an important message like no matter what yeah and yeah. no matter where you're living but i i i think you know th- that is to me is more of the timeless feel is even though it's set in the 50s i think there are direct parallels to like yeah. what's going on now as well um but yes i think we do have to mention the gun violence because yes. it, it it is it's something you need to know now i don't think you sh- it makes it a bad movie but it's definitely something you should know going into it something to be aware animated. of, of, yes. of yeah. yes. Uh, and the female character agency is something we've talked about where it doesn't really have a lot of it. I mean, she's a mom. It, like that yep. beca- that was the thing in, in it felt like in 
animated movies for a long time is you could either be a princess or you could be a mom. Yeah, I would like to know if there are like single working moms out there who listen to the podcast, how you felt she was portrayed in that sense oh, because... I, I think they did a good job of what she was, but again, yeah. you get yeah. two roles. I see what time. you're saying. Yeah. Okay, and this fair is enough. One of them. Yeah, because I yeah. thought they portrayed that well. Like she was very caring, I think, and was doing what she could. Yes. But I yeah. see your point. Like women only had like box one or box two. Uh, drinking and smoking. I remember Mansley smokes. There, there a pipe was a lot of smoking. Time. Yeah, yeah. And I think they mentioned like they say Earl like drinks beer and whiskey. And Dean might be drinking a cocktail or something when he shows up. I can't remember. At some point in his house, I could be Maybe. making that up. Maybe I just think that that character should have a cocktail. I think he was having hand. espresso. Yeah. Uh, and then ethnic representation. It's. It, it's Maine in 1957. Yes. Yeah. They probably could have had more black people, but I don't know how. I don't know. I, I you know, like, let's put some more ethnic representation in these movies. Yeah, regardless but, of the time period. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but locale. yeah, there's not a lot in there. It's also, you know, all white cast, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, here it is. And I'm fascinated to the see ranking? where he gets ranked. Oh. Because we are going to rank. Yeah, because we do oh. not like him at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know who uh, he like reminds me of? <laughs> he reminds me a little bit of the agent in Bolt. Like with how much yeah, like we oh, wound up yes. not like Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think uh, I think he's going to rank way higher than Agent Bolt cuz the Agent Bolt had nothing going That's for him true. other than go That's true. He, he has started like, with like a charm and like humor, but the But then yeah, he digressed intolerable by the mm-hmm. end. Yes. I oh. I, I, maybe my ranking is going to be a bit of the the shocker, but let's start with frightening. Um, I'm giving. I, you're going to be shocked by I, mine. I'm giving him a four. He chloroforms the boy. I like I, that. I, I would do a four too because like that sequence. That um, sequence was terrifying, and I kept having to question: Is it a dream? When he chloroformed him, I was like, he didn't do that, right? Like that's Hogarth dreaming. Yeah. And Ryan was like, no, no, like he. He did that. So, yeah, I did not like that at all. I think I'm giving him a three. Uh, I mean, I could. it's a hard three. And I'll say it's... But I do agree with you because at first I was like, oh, this guy's a bumbling doofus. Um, but... He, he has a turn and that I think he, that's that the turn, turn. He becomes frightening in a way that's like, this guy isn't like scary and calculated, but he is a... He is... I mean, literally like his fear, like... This guy's going to get us all killed because he's afraid. And to that's me, frightening to me. And that's frightening because it's real. People yes. make important life or death decisions out of fear. Well, I think it was a big fear in the 50s in the yeah. atomic ages. Like so you get one guy who's like, I don't know what this is. And then a bomb goes off. Like, yeah. We're talking about atomic a fear, fear and panic. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it even more frightening is how realistic that is. Funny. <laughs> I thought he was funny. I thought he was a two or a three. I'm going to give him a two because he's he's not two different characters, but he is very different in the beginning than he is. And I thought the scene with him asking a lot of questions was funny, the way that that was yes. done. Uh, but I think I I'm going to give him a two there, too. I think I'll do three. And mostly because similar, like, yeah, he starts with like very funny scenes. And then like every like when he was doing all of his investigating and then like happen to go to the bathroom like every five seconds yes, yes. yeah like there, there was a, like a lot of good humor which was nice but there was also like the extreme stuff later mm-hmm. um fear season one for me yeah how about you carly um uh, like there's no confidence there's no fear city to me i don't honestly he doesn't have drag queen energy yeah true 
Um, I think he's got a very interesting presence. I don't mean to speak for you. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. Uh, I'm just thinking. I, I yeah, think I don't think good... he has a swagger, but I, I also think he's, well... If if I don't think I want to give him a two, but if one of you were to give him a two, I wouldn't be like, "What are you doing?" Do you know? Because he's got. I think he has confidence in himself that he's right. Well, he's a he's a he's a 1950s white male. <laughs> yeah. Give me the confidence of a of a white male in the 1950s Fair America. <laughs> yeah. So are we going one? I'm across still going to give him a one, but yeah. Okay. Uh, effective. I argue he's extremely ineffective, and that's what the comedy or any of his comes from, is his inability to see the giant. Like, when he finally does, it gets things going, but it's like every moment is just like how he can't quite get someone to believe him until the giant's literally standing in the middle of town, and then he goes, everyone turn around and look. Like, that's the most effective he is. Yes. uh, My counter to that would be he does get the missile to set off, like... Yeah, I guess it's a series of circumstances, but yeah, I don't think that makes him a four yeah, by any I'm means. I'm throwing up the deuce. That's the best he's going to get out of me. Yeah, like I think I'd still put it lower just because he spent the whole, like his whole thing through the whole movie was being foiled by the giant until the end. Yeah. So um, you're going to give him a one? Uh, yeah. What, uh, Tara's going to take a picture of Lady because she's on her back and her belly's out. I'm going to give her give him a two. Give her? <laughs> You're going to give Lady a sorry. two? Lady's got this All one right. foot sticking up and it's, tr- it's hilarious. Now, design. I think he's at least a four for me for design. I think I love, like he just looks like a 1950s G-man. From now on, yeah. that's what I'm going to think of. I love that he smokes a pipe. Part of his design into me is going into the casting of, of uh, uh, McDonald as his as his voice because it was so perfect but I, also he looks very different from everyone else in the film like they yeah. you, do you know what i mean yeah uh, like so I, I, i'm leaning a little towards a five mm. the conan o'brien hair is amazing and it keeps yeah. kind of flopping around in a good way he's got that strong chin i, I think he's a five for me i i would go with that too because it's more like it, his design seems simple but then it's like it, he's also like appears very goofy but then he can also appear very scary like and yes. able to switch between that, which I'm like to have a design that can pull both off, pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, do a four. I think I gave you a five. I don't know. That's why okay. I, did I didn't so answer. Sorry. I yeah. wanted to hear what both of you said, and I agree with that. I just don't feel <laughs> quite as strongly, but I, I still think his design was very good. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and move the cursor over to Terrace because I want to hear what her go away heat for him was. It's really hard because I told you I loved him in my notes when he entered. I really liked his character, like a lot. And then I really didn't. Do you think a betrayal increases his go Yeah, I think it's a five for me. Like he betrayed (laughs) me in a way that I didn't see coming. Like I knew he was going to be the bad guy. But honestly, I think I thought the general was going to end up being the bad guy. Like that he was kind of the middleman. And then when the general came in, I thought the general was going to be making all the decisions. So I didn't really see the turn coming and when he chloroformed me chloroformed me excuse me when he chloroformed <laughs> is that why you have such go away heat you felt so connected to the situation that when you're he, like yeah, he that, did it to me like yeah the rest of the film it's like it felt like he did it to me yeah i felt like i was betrayed <laughs> i don't want to say that that's making light of a serious thing but i do I, I think feel, you're okay to do it here. I just I think that's a good mark of a good movie. Yeah, you're so invested. You're like this happened to me. Yeah, I did feel very <laughs> betrayed. So it's a five for me. I understand yeah. if you guys don't have fives, but that's why it was for me. Carly, what do you got? Uh, I, I'll do five because wow, because can't do. Yeah, Carly wanted a six. <laughs> she was coming in with yeah. a six before we rated anything else. Because well, like 
it, it's just more again like because he gets like so intense and then afterwards even like when he's finally like stopped is like then he was like all set like he was so determined to like blow up a town to destroy this giant and it's like no and then he was such a coward at least like yes own your decision you set the yeah. missile off like own it like he doesn't even own it and then no. of course in true fashion he like tries to leave and then just crashes into something so it doesn't even the, matter the oh no like, the giant stops him that's right yeah I was going to give him a three, but now I'm afraid to, so I'll give him a four. No, give him what you want. I don't want you to be bullied I don't know. I think, into... I think some of it was the fact that like I knew he was going to do all that stuff at the end, so it wasn't like as big a betrayal. Like It wasn't... Oh, it's a betrayal. Yeah, it was pretty um, surprising. I knew he was going to do that stuff, and I was just like rewatching it. I was like, yep, he's still worse. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I was just like... Do I don't know why I did it. I'm I'm putting a three. I'm so sorry. Average. I'm I'm so yeah. sorry. No, I'm doing a three. I don't know why okay. it's happening. It's fine. Yes factor. I think I'm going to give him a two. Simply, I don't even know if I want to give him a two. I'm going to give him a one. I I didn't really know much about him. I mean, the only reason I was going to give him a two is because I knew Shooter McGavin was going to be his voice, and I like that actor. Not enough to remember his name confidently, but yeah. It's hard for me to give yes factors to characters when I've not seen the movie because I can't be excited for them. But I guess it's also like, am I excited when they're on the the screen? And I wasn't excited when he was on. Well, I was until I wasn't. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. That's the I don't know if that's descriptive, but I'm going with a one. Okay, Carly. Which one's the yes factor again? Uh, We we, makes you want to whenever he comes, you mention him. You go. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, definitely not. Right? Yeah. And I was like, I also didn't know who he was. And yeah, but even if I did, I don't think I'd have that reaction. So like he he had some fun scenes at the start, like just, Mm -hmm. and I think that's just more for like, especially viewers who are watching for the first time. It's like, oh, he's not so bad. Exactly. Yeah. And then that turn, man, where, where does he end up? Because obviously he's ranked high for us, the go away heat and whatnot. He is a tie for 33rd. Okay. With Shan Yu from oh um, from Mulan. Mulan. Okay. okay, I'm cool with that. We have so many at this point that I'm like, it's 33. I'm like, is that in the middle? Is yeah, that yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Is that still down lower? Yeah. So I think we all kind of answered this question, but you know what? Uh, I, I'm clamshell. It's clamshell. It's, I, I like. I'm thinking about getting this as soon as we get off. If, if I, you know, or at least putting it on yeah. my like, uh, you know, I have a list of Blu-rays to get when they go below a certain amount. But yeah, th- mm-hmm. I loved it. Did yeah. anybody here want to put this in a vault? No, no, I'm I'm supporting you if you go and buy it. And Carly owns <laughs> it already, so there. I guess we got that. <laughs> I would like to get the Blu-ray. Yeah, I'll tell you two things. I want what I want to do is I want to build a little statue to it and put it in the lawn like they do in the movie. I would actually love a little pop vinyl of him. See, I would want something bigger because I, I feel guess like that's you true. get like well, a you know one what? foot. You know, the, the yeah. big pop vinyls they make, but that's almost too big. That's but you know how they make like the are, giant ones? Those to me are ridiculous. Are comical. There's no re- you buy a pop vinyl because they're small and, that's and true. they're cheap when they come out. You don't buy it anyway. All right. <laughs> um, Carly, thank you so much for doing thank this. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, as always, we always ask our... Uh, as always, we ask our guests to plug something, whether it's a personal project, uh, some piece of media you've been enjoying during the pandemic, or just a sentiment you want to put out in there in the world. And maybe that sentiment is you don't have to be a gun. Um, but whatever you want to plug, please feel free to now plug away. Um, good question. Uh, 
I did not think this far ahead. Oh my God, Carly, you're like our number one listener. How did you not know this is coming? <laughs> you've you've I, guessed look, it Carly, twice. This would be me. This, this is your I third would, time. I would have the same reaction. So don't listen to him. You take as much time um, as you need. Oh yeah, I can edit all the space out. So you, t- if literally. Um, I guess people could check out, or uh, if they have HBO Max, they could check out the new show that I have been working on that has started to air. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Mecha Builders. It is a Sesame Street show. Um, great, great for younger kids, but also adults might enjoy it. The coolest design for Cookie Monster I've seen in a long time. Yep. I saw something today on Instagram, not to, not to steal from this, but it was like a video or someone was doing something, some live action thing with someone dressed up a Cookie Monster, like a stage show or something, and he was like rapping. And I don't, I, when I saw the video before I turned on the sound, I'm like, oh, this is going to be stupid. And I turned on the sound, and he was go, when I say cookies, you say milk. Cookies. Milk. Cookies. Milk. When I say chocolate, you say chip. Chocolate. Chip. Chocolate. Chip. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I know someday we'll discuss, if we do a Jim Henson season, we'll discuss Sesame Street, but I don't know about yeah. putting it up there now, but I was like, this is the best. I love this so much. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, what I haven't watched the show yet, but I have seen the, the trailers with like the cookie monster robot eating stuff. And yeah. again, it's another it's another robot eating Yep. Robots. Oh yeah, there robot, you go. Who, eating cookies. Yeah, are they metal cookies or are they just regular cookies? I know there are actual cookies. Well, mm-hmm. my my wife today is Father's Day, and I I'm a doggy dad, so mm-hmm. my wife was nice enough to get me cookies. So I, I think mean, you did ask for them. But I did yes, ask for them. That was my thing. So we, I, I, let's get out of here, so I can have, go. I can go nom nom some cookies here in a little <laughs> bit. Okay. Um, gang, we're again going to take a little more time off. We'll be back by the end of the summer. But uh, the next time you'll hear us, it'll be Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Yes. And then we will be back on our regular our <laughs> regular Disney nonsense. Yes. Um, starting, I believe, in August. Um, Carly, thanks again. Yep. Uh, Tara, thank you. I, don't, I mean, you just, I don't know why I'm thanking you. I mean, I appreciate because it. Because I love you and oh, I appreciate thank you. this. But, I appreciate you as well. And Carly, as always, it's such a joy to have you on the podcast. Um, so thank you for doing thank this. Thank you for having me. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, lady. Thank you, lady, for always. Oh, she's asleep. She's passed out. All right. Well, guys, <laughs> thank you again. And uh, until Batman Max the Phantasm, we'll see you around. Yep. Take care, listeners. Oh, my God. I know. I forgot your... What if that was a live show and you'd done that and everyone would be like... Peace <laughs> out. Just drop the mic and walk <laughs> off the stage. It was awful. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is to at trpdiaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh